0: What's happening, you fat bastards? This is Mike, and this is Jim, and you're listening to podcast Croissant, to like the
1: Johnny Depp and Amber Heard of the podcast world.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Who's who's? Which
2: one's which? I, I'm definitely Amber Heard. Ah, oh, good. Ah.
0: <laughs> G'day, mate. How are you doing, mate? Good, good. I started a new job this week. Yeah, no. yeah. Well, I'm just announcing it so that other people here too. I'm back to working from home. <laughs> Lockdown world just resonated with me too much, so, yeah, out of the office. No more office work for me.
2: That's Bonza, which is Australian for
0: fucking brilliant. Grouse, as they would have once said in Melbourne when that was a trendy Melbourne word. Grouse. Grouse, yeah, that's grouse.
2: That's a bird
0: in England, a
2: grouse. A grouse? Yeah, a bird that the Queen shoots. (laughs) Yeah, Speaking of the Queen, it's a platinum (laughs) jubilee. That -hmm. means that she's been on the throne for 70 years. We've been paying her taxes and paying for a little shiny hat that she wears for 70 years now.
0: Holy moly.
2: We have an extended bank holiday and all sorts of shit going on. I think there's a concert with Queen playing.
0: That's appropriate.
2: (laughs) Who who cares? Really? Who cares? You should care because in Australia, part of the uh, sovereignty. Yeah, we're part of the the monarchy. Set all us prisoners to live on your island, didn't we?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's that's, that's where it all... So you should care. How's Summer Bay? It's good cooling down now yep the weather we're talking about the weather
2: yeah and well i traveled across Woo. the um pennines from yorkshire to manchester to see that day band man on man i was originally supposed to go to see him in leeds mm-hmm. but i was a bit unwell so um i went to manchester instead hung out with roswell and joseph for a little bit
0: <laughs> roswell and joseph yep. engaged
2: with the northwest homosexual bear community for a night and listen to some damn fine music.
0: Were they good live? Yeah, it was good, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like Man On Man. Are they, did, were they, was it just the two of them, though? Because I know they've got a full band in the US. They've done full band gigs.
2: Yeah, it was just the two of them. Playing guitar and singing, and uh, Roddy was on his keys as well.
0: Was there any nod to Faith No More in the shows at all? Like, did they no, do any nothing. little, nah, no, 100% The only nod to Faith No More
2: in the whole night was the shirt I was wearing. Oh, yeah, cool. Yep. Yeah. I was the only one to turned up in a Faith No More shirt, uh, mainly because I don't really
0: have any other shirts. Was the room full of otherwise just Faith No More fans, do you think? No, it was full of hippies and huge hairy homos. I was going to say, does it draw a bit of the, the queer community? Yeah, yeah, it was very uh, – there were a lot of
2: bears, I think they call them, don't they, the, yeah, uh, yeah. the big guys yep. with the beards and the, you know, like dressed like the mm-hmm. um, Blue Oyster Club out of um, Police Academy.
0: Oh, see, that's more movies that I never got around to watching as a kid. I just miss the Police Academy boat. Except for the guy that makes sound effects. I know him. And also um, Bobcat Goldthwaite, He's great.
2: He's he's like the best character in the whole thing. Yeah, Zed. Zed. Did they call him Zed? Zed. Yeah. He I mean, had these little mate, Sweet Chuck, that little little guy. Oh, yeah. Zed first was, I think it was in Police Academy 2 when he was a bad guy. And uh-huh. then in part three, he becomes a cop. Yeah, Zed was a bit of a hero, mine when I was a kid.
0: And the and the and the sound effect the sound effects guy was always the one yeah, that I he's was He's good drawn in baseballs as well.
2: Oh yeah, I've lost the sweeps and the creeps and the beeps. Anyway, <laughs> uh, there was a guy in the um, crowd <laughs> at um, Man on Man that pissed himself. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, it was dancing next to Mrs. Brown. Uh huh. He'd bought a Man on Man shirt to wrap around himself to cover up the wet patch, which I thought it was quite good of him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it wasn't like a, it wasn't absolutely packed there, right? Like you said it wasn't nah, no. jammed out. So like, how do people piss themselves? Like I I've, think
2: Pissy McPissison had pissed himself before he he came in. I think he would just like walk up on the street and just thought, oh, yeah, yeah. What's going on here? Can I hear some loud music? Lots of
0: big guys with beards. I can see what's going on. I'm I'm trying to think of a good, a bit of man on man. I'm trying to think of a a P pun, you know. Is there a P word that rhymes with, man, man I haven't got one.
2: No. Yeah. Piss piss on piss. Uh Roddy was piss super on, sweet.
0: Yeah, that's pretty bad.
2: And very chatty. hmm. Yeah, hung out with him for a little bit. Met his uh, other half, Joey, for the first time. He was cool. Mm-hmm. He seems
0: sweet, Joey, from what I can tell. Yeah. I follow Joey on Instagram.
2: Good night it was a good night was had by all, even Mrs. Brown, who got to dance next to Pissy McPisserson. <laughs> I'll tell you what though, reminds me of this guy that I used to hang around with a while ago. He washed pots in a cafe. Uh, he was oh yeah. originally from Cuba, I think. Bit of a bad seed, um, but he was pretty ambitious, and he ended up doing pretty well for himself. He started his own business. hmm hmm mm-hmm. Problem is, he got a bit too greedy, and he shagged his uh, boss's wife and fell out with his best mate. Eventually, as these things happened, he got in trouble with the law. They came round to his house, but he broke out his little friend and blew them all away. But I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, hey, chico, because that's what he used to call me. He said, hey, chico. <laughs> Me, I want what's coming to me, the world and everything in it. Ah, uh, it's from Scar- That's like Scarface. Like summed up, shot summed up. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, I wondered. I, I wondered if we had anything for this. I was like, it's the B sides episode. Beside, besides all that, how's uh? It was, it was, good. It was a good little journey. I like the little story. Hmm. Mm.
1: Hello. And thank you for tuning in to Podcast Croissant, the Faith No More podcast. Can you believe we're already up to episode 37? This time, we'll be talking about lots of fun things, including the Mike Patton version of As the Worm Turns. Also, the world is yours. The youth remix Of a small victory and the exciting unreleased shuffle song. Make sure you stay in touch with us online. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. You can send us a voice memo or an email podcast croissant at gmail.com take care
2: Episode thirty-seven: Songs to take a shit to. Yo
0: You know. I mean. I think this is flowing pretty well. we'll mm-hmm. Drop a little housekeeping thing in there somewhere. Switch to the next, mm-hmm. the next section. Oh, before, like, do we need to mention what songs we're talking about today? We well, don't. You do that in your little like. um. Oh yeah. Little yeah, you, that you that would have happened because you would have yeah. said the chica and that would have happened. Yeah. This is great. Let's leave all this in. All
2: this. All
0: this. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you have any housekeeping for this housekeeping section? I do. I totally do.
2: I said in last episode that I was going to go away and watch Midnight Cowboy. Oh, yeah. But I didn't. I watched Taxi Driver, <laughs> though. Okay. yeah. D- do you know, I don't know whether we mentioned this in the um, Midlife Crisis episode that we did. Mm-hmm. And I did know this. And if we didn't mention it in the Midlife Crisis episode, it's worth mentioning now. It's good housekeeping. The blind, yep. morbid self-attention Comes from Taxi Driver. My bits of attention. Yep. Yeah, And I just thought, I don't know whether we mentioned that in the Midlife Crisis episode, so I thought I'd mention it now.
0: Now, I'm trying to think of the lyrics in Midlife Crisis. I need to, like, sing the song. My bits of attention. Bending my, bending my pinky back. back. It's that bit. Good. That's fun. Also, when we were talking
2: last episode about Easy, and you said that the, uh, the backing vocal bit was different mm-hmm. each time. And yeah, the at, second at one the time, goes down. the I was like, no, it won't, it's the same. It does different.
0: You're right. Yeah, it goes down there. Oh good. Yeah, it does, yeah. yeah. Oh good. Yeah. I'm glad to have that validated because I don't I, you know how just when you hear things and when they're sitting within a an environment you can kind of hear both. hmm Yeah. But I feel I feel good that you heard that. Makes me feel Did good. Did you hear that? And literally no. just shit my pants. <laughs> figure uh, it figure it out.
2: Taste like oh like pickled onion monster munch.
0: Great. Good content. Also,
2: uh, I actually quite enjoyed listening back to last episode. The truck stop was a surprise. Didn't expect that to be there.
0: That was good. Yeah.
2: And, oh yeah, but we keep prattling on about like neighbours and, and Summer bit be- Well, I, sorry, I keep you prattling do. on about like neighbours <laughs> and, and Summer Bay. What's that Summer Bay one called? Home, and away,
0: Home and, and away. stuff, But yep. we hadn't
2: really discussed EastEnders on the podcast yet. Bill's a huge fan of EastEnders. They even covered the theme tune in Reunited Tour. Yep. Probably would save that to us Bill episode. We better talk about EastEnders.
0: Okay. You have brought it up before. I know that I for know. sure. It has... EastEnders has been brought up. I saw something the other day, actually, that Neighbours... Uh, it was Natalie Bassingthwaite who had been on Neighbours for a little while as well. The Road oh, Traders meet, uh- singer. Yeah. Well, I say kind of meta because I just – I was backstage when she was backstage and I think there was like an exchange of like, hi, but I didn't really
2: <laughs> – You exchanged Australian looks, an Australian glance. I think, glance. I think know, at the – um, Did you say fair dinkum, which is Australian for – fair enough.
0: Yeah, but she said that there's going to be a reunion. Like the last episode of Neighbours is like this great big reunion of like heaps of characters from the past. All
2: right. It's worth watching. Yeah.
0: That. Yeah. I think a lot of people are sad to hear that Neighbours is finished, but most aren't, you know.
2: Most, most don't give a
0: fuck. I can't most remember the last time I watched it. in the 90s. Yeah, but I'm still <laughs> sad that it's over.
2: I stopped watching it when the Alessi twins left. The Alessi twins. Google them. Um, okay. And then my final bit of housekeeping is, you know, we mentioned last episode that we should get a puppet, like a little, like, comedy puppet to go on the show. Not that you'd be, anybody would be able to see it, Oh, just, just have to yeah, like um, pop it to him, and then then I just have to have a funny voice or something.
0: Like, hey, hey, it's Saturday.
2: Yeah, I thought we could call it toodles.
0: Toodles. okay. Uh, and am I? What am I? Why?
2: That because that's the Mike Patton's creepy doll that he I was a, used to carry around in uh, '92.
0: That was my question. I was about to say what was the name of that doll because I think that's what toodles. It was that was it was toodles. That was a short-lived thing, wasn't it? That little doll it wasn't around for that long no no it wasn't
2: but i have written an article on it
0: gail and jillian blakeney they're a pop duo uh and they were the Alessi twins on neighbors
2: yeah toodles was an antique doll that found her way into several interviews and photo shoots during the end of 92 and into 93 sweet and Patton said that he um dug uh, well there's several different stories he Said he dug her up in a graveyard in atlanta And he also says he bought her in an antique store in Davenport. Yeah. So no one really really knows. There's there's loads of quotes and stuff about Toodles the Doll. Just go on to Faith Faith Them All Followers and check it out. Just type into your little magical Google space there. Just put Mike Patton and Toodles. Yeah. And it'll bring you up the the whole story on Faith Them All Followers. Also like a really nice pictures of Patton with
0: Toodles. Oh, cute. Okay. Anyway, that's my housekeeping. Cool. More exciting than usual. Yeah. I don't really have any housekeeping related to last episode, actually. Okay. You know, as I said, I, I normally I'll be editing or listening over the episode and I'll fact check myself or I'll make it a correction, but I, I, I think I got, I got everything a hundred percent correct last episode. I'm sure. Uh, but I, I just, I just wanted to, uh, in the housekeeping, I wanted to flag with our listeners that I've made a couple of jokes here and there about advertising on this uh, podcast and you and I have. I don't know, not really discussed it off-air because we're on the air now, right? Paired, advertised. Tased, yeah, with- and all of that or a Patreon or something. And I think there's two reasons why we haven't gone down that path of monetizing the podcast. And I think that's one because we're talking we're about Faith No More. Well, that's probably number three, actually.
1: <laughs> we're we're to- Lazy. We can't be to doing anything. Yeah. But any
0: draw to this podcast comes from... The people people want to hear about Faith No More and we talk about Faith No More and anything to do with Faith No More is owed to all their hard work and I feel like you do see this a little bit where you get podcasts where people get onto these subjects and they monetize it and I kind of feel like it's a little bit uh, you know capitalizing on other people's hard work essentially yeah. so it's been a hesitance Fair, man. if
2: we're gonna get some cash for it, let's do it I want some cash
0: the other thing is too that, you know, like, um, I think it still says in our bio on, um, Apple podcast that it's a bi-monthly podcast. And I don't think it's ever really <laughs> been bi-monthly. Does that mean um, two a month? We've even, yes. That's and never I think, happened.
2: We've never I, did two episodes in a month.
0: No. Uh, I think we did one, we did one quick succession in the, during the first lockdown when COVID was scary and we're like, we should try and get some more content out there. While people Mm. have free time. I think we did, we successfully did two in a month once, but, um, but yeah, no, I've got, I've got this new job, got this new job. It's work from home. And I'm, I'm hoping that I get a little bit more flexibility with my time. Um, cause often the delays between episodes just fall on the, you know, the free time to actually get the editing done and us being able to sync for recording. So uh, the only reason I'm bringing it up is I want to just, if anyone wants to write in and just tell us what they think about. Either if we should do a Patreon or if we should, there's um Acast have a podcast platform where they just insert ads and you just get a little bit for it. I just want to know what, um, I'm just putting the feelers out if anyone wants to write in and say. Well, I'm going to say we should definitely start
2: charging for this. Award-winning content. Yeah. Well, we've got, what, about 46, 7 listeners or something like that. Yeah. We charged um, a tenner each. That's set me up. I mean, obviously, cause I Life. get a lion's share being the award winner in, of the podcast. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, from next week, next episode, guys, not this one, we'll give this one for free, but from next episode, when, you know, we move on from Angel, let's do something else, we're going to start charging you cunts <laughs> and you're going to pay for the pleasure of listening to my soothing Yorkshire tones, award-winning soothing Yorkshire tones.
0: Sure. Yep. Well, you can do, you can do those little options on Patreon, like... Beer price. My local, my local pub recently put their beers up from eight dollars fifty to nine dollars a schooner.
2: Eight? Hey, well, I got a bit, nine dollars for a nine
0: beer. Australian dollars for a schooner.
2: You can go to local tit shop round corner from me, and you can buy four Coronas for about five quid. So <sighs> yeah, that's you do the math,
0: tender. it's around 10, ten Australian dollars. There you go. So yeah, about four the same beers. price. Yeah, for four I- beers, not a beer for four beers. Yeah, I'm not going to drink Corona though. Mm, well, if you're going to be a beer snob, I can't help you. Well, I am talking. I am talking the, the as the the bartender said, the old man beers are still eight bucks, mm. but I drink the the hipster crafty boys. Oh, Nine yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah, love my crafty boys. Yeah,
2: you are a bit of a hipster, aren't you?
0: When it comes to beer, I'll I'll take it.
2: I I might have been hanging out with Roddy Bottom recently, but you were hanging out with um. Andrew Bowie, Bowie, oh, Bowie, yeah. Bowie, Bowie, Bowie. I didn't mention that. On you, you, a, you sent a photo out for us to all yeah. look at. Yeah. And Andrew looks just like a normal, you know, everyday cool guy. And you, are a total hipster, with your fucking beanie hat on
0: and leather jacket with sleeves rolled up, like Don <laughs> Johnson from <laughs> fucking Miami Vice. <laughs> <laughs> it was cold. I was in Melbourne, and I was talking. We're back to talking about the yeah, weather. Hipster. Yeah, I'm. I'm it was not cold. A hipster.
2: I've got these Faith No More shorts and they're like made out of sweatshop material. Yeah. And they've got like the t-shirt logo from 1992. We like the, the golden sun and the, the blue in the background. They've got that printed on them. I've had these on for four days in a row now because they're comfortable.
0: Yep. Fair enough.
2: However, my diet hasn't been great this weekend. I had chili one night. I had, oh, I had some nice steak with peppercorn sauce one night. Yeah. I've been on a lot of beans Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had a lamb dinner tonight, and so you can imagine the smell of my ass right now. <laughs> and these these pants must just fucking proper reek because i believe and it's quite warm as well. I mean, we're nearly getting to um, that time of year when I podcast in my underpants because this room's hot. I mean, it's quite warm tonight, but but these pants must stink, man. I wow. mean, all Fifth and All fans would love a pair of these pants because they are for collector's item and I just wear them around the house and
0: you just walk around farting in them so please please write in and tell us what you would pay for more content like this
2: <laughs> yeah please do yeah <laughs> Jim's, Jim's party face more pants priceless yeah but party pants <laughs> when the 1999 angel does party pants
1: god yep
0: uh should we move on to the emails yeah let's do that <laughs> alright
1: it's your emails it's Oh, we got a few here, right?
2: Do you know what? I'm I'm going to go first. Okay. Today. Okay. So this is uh, titled "Future You, Past Me." Time warp. Cool. And this is from Alex. Hey, future Mike, Jim, Jim, Mike, Mike, Jim, Jim, Mike, Jim.
0: Perfect. That's exactly how. Oh, I was you're written. doing well.
2: Yeah. I discovered the podcast weeks ago, and I must say, my love grew stronger with every episode. Yay! Oh. Right now, I'm listening to all the episodes back to front, and I thought about doing an experiment through time. I'm writing to you from the past directly into my future.
0: Ooh, oh, is that a ooh. well it does have Not a sure. H in the middle of it though, so it's like a woo I think.
2: Oh yeah, yeah it could be it, yeah, yeah. Um right out of the middle of episode thirty two, which features a small victory. hmm What a great tune by one of the greatest bands to ever penetrate the planet. I like that. Oh, just adding to the uh, <laughs> the pants smell god oh how attentive of you asking if small victory was in my top 10 Well i don't know i <laughs> don't know what I that know. means <laughs> um because with fnm we shall all think in larger boundaries i can definitely say that angel dust is in my top 10 albums of faith
0: no more see what i did there yeah Yeah, top 10 albums. I'm
2: traveling in time right now and it feels awesome. Like being in between two worlds and one has never heard of the other. Mind bowling. (laughs) Mind bowling. (laughs) Mind bowling, yeah. That's what it says. Future Jim, future Mike future Mr. John, please keep up the great work and keep entertaining us FM freaks. So brilliantly with your knowledge, your humor and your outstanding looks, smells and feels. That's ah, appropriate. He's got the smells in there. Yeah. yeah. Yep. See you later or in advance. Can't figure it out. That's what time travel does to your brain. Cheers and beers. Alex. P.S.
0: P.P.S. <laughs> I feel like he forgot to do his P.S. and P.P.S. Yeah. I
2: think he may have done yet. Yeah, yeah.
0: No. Thanks Alex. Thanks, Alex. I'm assuming he... I don't know why I'm assuming, It's Alex. Alex could be she. It could be any one of... Or they. Any number of wild Thanks. and
2: wacky pronouns. Thanks. Thanks. Alex. Just, just say to Alex, all of you, Alex. Have to Thanks, Alex. have tackle yep. that minefield.
0: Yep, good. Got an email from Faith No More followers sending a spreadsheet of suggested episode <laughs> ideas. Yeah. Um, that's exciting. I sent
2: that in April, like, over a month ago.
0: Oh my God. Do you want to do a real thing series?
2: You hadn't even read it.
0: Hadn't read it. No.
2: You want to do a yeah, real thing series? I want to do series. a real thing Oh series. my yeah, god, we, every like we, like
0: we just did with Angel Dust.
2: Yeah, I want to do every song from the real thing.
0: Oh my lord. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Ah, oh, I like the uh, you put Mr. Bungle in here. That'll be fun. Doing Mr. Bungle, Mr. Bungle side A, B, C and D. Oh, so breaking it up and then California. What about yeah. Disco Volante?
2: I can't do Disco Volante. Why? It's my favorite. Is it? Yeah. Oh, we well, we'll do a discover, then. It's, it's my least favourite. We
0: don't have to do it over four episodes, though, because, like, I think I've listened to the Benz once, ever.
2: There's either too much discussion there or not enough discussion there. I'm not mm. sure which.
0: Do you want me to read this one from um, – menu- oh, by the way, I'm my one laptop, haze. Yes. I had know. to return you my laptop, laptop when I left my last job. I mean, I do get a new laptop soon, and it's, like, super-duper specked up. Six, 16 inch boy uh
2: well, let us know when that comes and then we can you can go back to your previous name
0: yep yeah appreciate it cool
2: but f- from now on you can't use my like, two laptop says because it will be a lie yes just like amber heard have you watched any of that
0: yeah a little bit i've heard mixed reports about some of the dissection of it i've i've stopped engaging mrs brown's watched the entire
2: court case from beginning to end really yeah everything and i've just watched little clips and I think they're both Looney Tune, violent drug addicts. Uh, yeah,
0: I think I think my observation would be that the the two of them have been toxic for each other.
2: Yes, toxic. It's a toxic relationship,
0: Michael. Yes, yes. Manuel Lautner has written in. No good, Manuel, mm-hmm. uh, with the subject does Shoots and Fest." Insights from a yep. German Faith No More fan. Here we go. Hello, Jim and Mike. Manuel of an Ornella Muti and Adriano Celentano fame here.
2: Ah, you're going to say Celentano then.
0: I almost did. And then I corrected you myself. You almost did. Celentano. Yeah. Uh, Celentano. Manuel of Ornella Muti and Adriano yeah, he, Celentano in, fame Yeah, he's written in, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that was me. Man- okay. Got it. Right in before. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Since you explicitly asked for listeners from Journey in your last episode, I naturally feel called to write to you again. Appreciate it. This is good. Yeah, these are the moments I love. "Dust, shoots, and has always been an absolute oddity for me and my Faith No More fan buddies. When the song came out and we heard it for the first time, we laughed our asses off, and of course, we thought it was super cool that Mike Patton tried to sing something similar to German. The story of the song is undoubtedly set in Bavaria, so in my hood, or mine, by, oh my. Oh oh. Did you just fart into the microphone?
1: Uh, I just farted, but it was really loud. Did you hear
2: it?
0: Oh, mine Bayerish Yeah, I did. Oh, mine by is madchen, which is oh, my Bavarian girl. Apologies for that horrible translation just then. Well, not translation, pronunciation. Uh, so it can variety. well be, example, Munich, my hometown, I simply claim now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in my hood, oh, right. So in my hood, referring to my Bavarian girl, so it can well be, example, Munich, my hometown, I simply claim now. I think I'm... Geez, I'm struggling, aren't I? Um, I will continue with reading this, though. But basically, this is not German. We always wondered how the song came about. Some of the sentences actually make something like sense, but on the whole, it sounds more like some kind of fantasy German that someone who lived in Germany for three months and picked up some vocabulary made up. Syntax and spelling are wrong in almost every sentence. So your translation, which you have presented is already fully in order no matter how you translate it with a translation program or not it basically already comes out pretty much the same in my opinion Mm. the song is about a man remembering that he once met a lovely girl at a shooting match they had sex and then he never saw her again in in his life so the song can actually totally stand next to the crab song as another sad sad song a shoots and fest Mm. is a traditional folk festival that was held whenever the local shooting king usually crossbow hack in the day was crowned in a nutshell mm-hmm. just one of the many excuses to drink way too much beer and behave badly uh, some of the lyrics are really very funny and of course we liked them at the time still late pubescent boys Schvort, oh, this is gonna be hard i want to read I all of this,
2: this. Ist die
0: black brown is the color of hazelnuts this is a direct reference to the singer Heino. One of his biggest ah. hits is called Schwarzbraun ist die Hazelnuss. Okay. By oh, the way, well, we didn't know that. By the way, my generation, I'm forty-seven, and everyone after that looks at Heino only ironically, if at all. But in the late sixties and seventies he was actually very popular in Germany. Hmm. In the meantime, he is something like I don't want to say joke figure, but something like that.
2: He's like Cliff Richard here or something. Yeah. At one point people thought it were great, but now people just like yeah don't think so.
0: Yeah. Alright, keep going. What's his next uh, bit?
2: Wir machen Liebe im
0: We make love in the pig trough.
2: We knew that bit. Yeah, yeah. Weide Vost Vy Ibs is
0: been. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I did weiny
0: varden Oh, that's a Irre varden varden wie Eisbein.
2: Eisbein, yeah. Her yeah,
0: Eisbein, c- yeah. Eisbein. No. Calves were like pork knuckles. Eisbein is a traditional Bavarian dish. Tastes exactly as awful as it sounds. Uh, und weg, Arschlo. The dog is gone, arsehole.
2: Hersen-
0: oh, I can't say that one. Sie marked aus, Sie marked aus meinem Hurst. See, you're better doing this than me. Why am I doing the
2: German bits? You're better than me. She made a white sausage out of my heart.
0: A Weisshurst? A Weisshurst. That'll be it. It's called,
2: correctly, is it... another Bavarian dish. An extremely, An extremely tasty, tasty sausage. sausage. Mm. Mm. Actually. Mm.
0: And then. Well, s- then you do the, you, you carry on okay. doing the German bits. Ach, soll hol, bo fish and- yeah when you listen to that i always
2: thought he said axel holy arsehole or something like that i thought it was a uh, reference to axel rose <laughs>
0: yep it's something he would do probably
2: the most poetic line in the whole song her armpit was clean and smelled like summer rain
0: oh i like that uh needless to say my friends and i considered it our sacred duty to loudly and unmistakably demand that the band play "Dust" shoots and fest at every damn faith no more gig we attended in germany eg rock and Ring. <laughs> Or especially at every gig in munich and i've been to everyone since 92 but as we all know unfortunately our prayers were never heard by the way i never made love to this song nor did i ever in a pig trough which i suspect is not a very common thing even in bavaria cheers guys manual and then at the bottom here he says uh my very first faith no more concert was in 1992 in munich at the circus Kron, or krona uh, from which several live recordings famously have been mm-hmm. released on yeah. various singles and EPs.
2: Yeah, well, very interesting, very well thought out, excellent uh, email. Thank you, Manuel.
0: It was. I, I love. I love that Enjoy stuff. That. I'm sorry to our listeners yep. for how staggered that was.
3: Oh,
2: Yeah. And his, uh, his heading is, you are awesome, smiley face with sunglasses on. What do you call that emoji? Just sunglasses. That, that was emoji. pretty
0: good, smiley face with sunglasses
2: on. Hey! No, not hey. Hi, Jim, and the three <laughs> mics. It's not a thing. We established last episode yeah. that the three gyms was now the latest thing. Thank you for the jingle, reading out my email. Loved it. And loved your last show. He actually loved that that jingle, which was the worst jingle we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> It's great. I, I got carried away when I was recording the vocals for it. I was just going,
3: and I
2: wasn't even listening to the music. <laughs> and then you sent it through like, uh, uh, dang, and I'm I'm like, like I can't, I can't, can't sync I can't. this up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, he loved it. And he loved our last show. Well, everybody did, of course. It's award-winning. Of course. Uh, appreciate the time and effort you've put in. You are a beacon. He likes to say use, doesn't he? Yous are a beacon mm. of awesomeness and an inspiration to all. Cheers. sea dog. Which is now what my friends call me. Yeah, C-dog. bless you, Sea Dog. I got a short email there. I liked that. What? That was a short email. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Did you? Uh, did you notice the? Did you notice the jingle and your your voice over the top of what was an instrumental little thing of uh, Star ID?
2: Yeah. Of course I did. Yeah. I'm the biggest Faith The More fan on the planet, so of course I know it's that. Well,
0: did you also notice that it had a different drum beat? I no, used like I a drum say. break over
2: Obviously, it. Obviously, I'm not a, that big a
0: fan then, am I? Wasn't actual faith no more. It was, used a little drum beat.
2: I just have to say that, you know, we record our episodes in two parts because <laughs> when we did uh, Like the last part of this, this I um, podcast, I was like half asleep and you were full of cold. And all of a sudden I'm really chipper and you're, you're <laughs> you've got rid of the cold. So yeah, we're in, we're in recording part two.
0: We, we had to do a little. A little cut, a bit earlier than usual. Usually we cut somewhere in the actual content of the episode, but uh, I was going to say that uh, use a little drum bake, a drum, a drum bake, a drum break. Is that like a pasta bake? It's more, it's more a flour based kind of um, sugar and, you know, what what does sugar and flour make? Anyway. uh,
2: Oh, I just want to say this before I forget. I was talking to a couple of members of the band recently. Because I've done something, well, we've done something pretty cool. We'll save that to Faith the More News. But oh, yeah. by the time this episode comes out, what we've done that's really cool will be released. So, um And I was actually quite embarrassed sending the link of the podcast to the guys in oh, yeah. yeah. the band because we talk so much shit. <laughs> and it's so, well, actually, no, it is professional. It's very professional. But I just thought, would they actually appreciate the humour?
1: Yeah.
2: Mm. I know that Roddy's listened to...
0: Couple of episodes. He listened to before. his episode. Yeah. 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 Is that it? They they didn't reply. They haven't listened.
2: No, I just sent the, I just, because they, they all sent me a thanks. Well, a couple of members sent me yeah. a thanks for what we've done. And they really appreciated it and really liked it. Uh, and so I sent a mesh back. So if you, if, if you like this, you might like this. And then I felt, oh shit, should I have actually linked <laughs> them to that? Because now they're going to think, oh God, I'm not going to email that guy again. He's a bit mental. He fucking, where's Faith No More Short? I ain't got those Faith No More Shorts on right now.
0: Well, I know that Mike Borden doesn't like being called Puffy, and no,
2: we we don't call him that.
0: And I I reckon what well, we're at episode thirty-seven at the moment, and mm. I think it's I think it's over thirty episodes since we've called him Puffy. Like it was very did early you've on. you called we, him Puffy. Y- you never have. No, no. I don't call. Him I that. did early on. And I found out he doesn't like it. So look, Mike Borden, if you're listening right now, because you're yeah, checking be. it out because because Jim said check it out. Mate, love to have you on the show. And look, Roddy, Bill, John, Mike Patton. Mike Patton's a fiend for listening to or oh, you know yeah, scanning yeah. the internet for everything that people yeah. have to say.
2: But Roddy's actually said that he won't mind being on the show at some point. So well, maybe we should okay. get him his own little spot, like Mr. John's got, or um, Andrew Bowie, 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 agony, Aunt Roddy, or something like that.
0: We could, we could do. <laughs> yeah, he could do a more character based. <laughs> guest appearance rather than himself.
2: Maybe we could get people to write in with the problems and Roddy sorts them.
0: Right, should we get on? Right, next email. No, I was going to say that the 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 jingle for Chuck the Bone oh, was DeBone. A Star AD, <laughs> but I used a different I used a drum break and I'm like yeah, that. really that clever. The drum break that I used was from a band with a singer that I'm quite fond of. Um oh. they're called uh well the band that I took the drum break from is Shabby Head Gun. Automatica. Oh.
1: Yep.
0: So I combined a bit of Head Automatica with Faith No More. I feel good about it. Faith Alright.
1: Uh,
0: Ivan Batchvarov has written in with a subject of I beg your pardon. Dunn. Which is spelled Dunn, like Trevor Dunn. Guys. What's with all the accusations that I did not listen to your last <laughs> penultimate episode? My email was sent on February 21st, and during the <laughs> Giz episode, which was published on March 4th, you actually started reading my email, but stopped and said, hey, let's leave this email for next time. Oh, as we did already. as well. Oh, did we skip his-
2: Yeah, we said, we'll read it next episode. Yeah, yeah. But sorry. I did. Sorry, Shit. Ivan. Shit. No, we Shit. did. Sorry, we did dude. read it. What you're saying is the email that we read when we were going, oh, listen to the last episode? oh that was the email that we bumped for the next step. Yeah. But I'm sorry, so, Ivan. Yeah, apologies. Mike can uh, send you an email apology.
0: I have a system for keeping emails that I either file them somewhere that I'll find them or I snooze them until I know that, you know, I can, he's got a template now for inbox. apologies. I have structure. <laughs> a live apology. Frankly, I was unsure if you would ever get to me. I'm happy you did, but obviously some of my points did not age well <laughs> <I'm> addressed <laughs> by other listeners. I do listen to your episodes religiously. I do not miss a thing. I don't doubt it. And he, he also, don't has, wanna miss <laughs> I was about to say what he's about to say. So okay. I feel that you owe me an apology in the form of a fucking jingle. <laughs> Oh, man, we're already like a month behind in this episode. Half our episodes are just playing people's jingles when they write in. I was actually – I retrospectively remembered that I meant to put it in the housekeeping that for all the people who have written in before that have ended up landing a jingle, we've heard from Ivan a lot. He's definitely next in, next in line for a jingle. So
2: You can, you can do it. The
0: challenge for you, make it an Ottoman style. Not that it should sound like, God damn it, not should it sound like. So I was just going to just hit the sofa and record that. Sofa, the lounge. Uh, though you can use furniture. Fucking hell. <laughs> 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 though you can use furniture as percussive surface if you want. Wow. 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 We're almost, Ottoman as in the beginning of mouth to mouth. Can you do it, huh? Bachi from Bachi. Even, it, the cute little sign-off is Barchi from Barchi, is in kisses from Barchi.
2: Cheers, Ivan. Cheers, dude. Michael, have Apologies you a uh, my... jingle for next episode? Or is it this episode we've got to do one for?
0: Next time. Next time. I'll, yeah, well, we'll, we'll do you one out. next time. Otherwise, the episode will yeah. be delayed another yeah, yeah, we'll couple of weeks. Right. Email right. from
2: Matt Baker. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Title. I haven't read this. Red but- Hot Chili Peppers Podcast. <laughs> Matt Baker. Hi, Mike and Jim. I just got finished listening to your blood sugar sex magic episode, and I really enjoyed it. I'm a big Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, as well as being a music producer, and I really appreciated your analysis of the songs from a producer standpoint. I loved how you incorporated the stems into your discussion and blended them to each song, etc. Is this a one a of yours or something
0: that you've no, I'd to write in? No, no,
2: it was all really well done, and one of the best music podcasts <laughs> I've ever listened to. Oh my god, it was a piss take! I know you guys mentioned Stadia Arcadium in the episode and how it potentially could have been better as a single album. I would love to hear you guys do an episode or a segment on that album. Maybe picking what songs you would choose if it were to be a single album or an episode on any other Red Hot Chili Peppers album for that matter. Just request. I do like Faith No More, but with your guys' knowledge of music and great tasty music, I would love to hear some episodes on different bands, it's rare to find a podcast like yours. Keep doing it and keep rocking. Thanks for your time, Matt. I've actually thought about that. Like every now and again, just dropping an episode in on on a n- different album. But seriously, yeah, doing it, yeah, yeah. I'd like to discuss Nevermind by Nirvana. I think that'd be a cool one to discuss. And I think with our award-winning style and humor and and take mm, on things, absolutely, we could pick albums. That you've got that five degrees, 50 degree, what is it?
0: Oh, the six degrees of my pattern. Yeah,
2: yeah. You, well, we could do it on Faith No More, because I've, I've got loads of stuff that I could link Nirvana with Faith No More, for example. Yeah, or, that's fun. Um,
0: Every now and then, yeah, we could do the six degrees of Faith No More, and we could do an episode on something completely different. Mm. Yeah, cheers, Matt. Oh, I like it. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Oh, Nancy, Mackey. Oh.
2: Do you know when I say it in that voice, I like squeeze, yeah. squeeze my breasts.
3: Lauren, Nancy, Mackey. Wow,
2: You're reading this, by the
0: way. Oh, Laura Lanza writes in. The last B-sides of Angel Dust. I really haven't got anything to say. I only wrote in to hear my own jingle. (laughs) Just kidding. I've got a lot to say. Thank you so much for the jingle. It really made my day. This is a a rhyming. Mm. But is that Jim singing in the shower or perhaps the king himself? I hope Mike's feeling better and I do mean MH here, although, of course, wish all the health and well-being to each and every one of the three Mikes. (laughs) It's a thing. And to Jim and Mr. John too. I had COVID too. I guess around the same time with Mike. It totally ruined the plans for my 40th birthday. Happy 40th birthday, Lanza. Look, Lanza, Laura.
2: Yeah, happy 40th birthday, Lanza Maki. We we don't even call you Laura anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's just Lanza. Oi, Lanza. Happy birthday, mate. Sorry about all the Finnish words, but my Faith No More stuff has happened in Finland, and for some reason, all the Finnish things tend to have Finnish names. What's she talking about?
2: Oh, the, that was the episode when I just went, <laughs> instead of playing oh, the words. right.
0: Yeah. Uh, from now on, I'll try to avoid using Finnish and just call it the thing at the place in the country <laughs> I live in, <laughs> That's or funny. at least provide a translation. hitty bumi hit, a popular song boom. No, it's
2: not. It smacked my ass.
0: I thought that was almost obvious and pretty irrelevant, to be honest. It's funny, whenever I have a couple of beers, I feel like it usually helps me with foreign languages, but I guess it doesn't work with the Finnish language. Then you'd probably need a shot of Koskenkorva. Yeah, that Kos- was good. Koskenkorva. Yep. yep I oh. like that. Um, I mean a traditional clear spirit drink from Finland. Oh, is that the vodka?
2: I don't know. I
1: think
0: I've got that downstairs. Uh, I think I prefer Jim after two bottles of champagne to Jim after two beers. The latter seemed a bit cranky. Yeah, yeah. I agree with Mike on the backing vocals of Easy. I think it is different the second time. I think you yep. can hear it even better on the original version. I was sure I had heard another version of Easy that was the original, but just without the spoken part. After hearing Jim read the quote from Patton in Kerrang! 2009, I wonder if that's one of the reasons they decided to drop the spoken part. So that was, uh, usually we just do the songs we like, so we have to do them sincerely. If we did a Commodore's cover and chuckled at the end of it, it would make everyone else feel a lot more comfortable with it. That's not the point of it at all. Yeah. It's stuff we like, and we deliberately put it in between two noisy songs to make people take a step back. On okay. topic. Quickly, quickly on topic. She says, as the worm turns, nowadays every time I hear the ending, I'm expecting to hear Mike MH say, what's happening, you fat bastards? Ah, oh, because that's the samp that's used at the, the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've mentioned before how much I love the intro of the podcast. I love the original version of As the Worm Turns with Chuck, but I'm really happy they recorded this one with Patton too. Mm -hmm. The world is yours. I absolutely adore this song, but yet I feel like I'd have a hard time placing it on the album. I definitely Mm -hmm. wouldn't replace any song with it. Patton's vocal performance here is absolutely stunning especially the screams give me the chills every time. Yep. Okay. I agree with that. Yay. A Chuck stop. Where can we sign up to see the documentary Doug Esper mentioned? We need to see it. Um, I don't know if we'll ever see it. To my knowledge, it may not happen.
2: Is, <clears throat> as we got more on this episode, Doug. Doug?
0: Doug. I'm a bit sad. I won't see Man on Man on tour. I was Actually, really hoping for a show in Finland. I know you did. For a show in Finland. Really looking forward to hear what you say about these three songs. For your convenience, I've changed my name. You can call me Laura Westhill from now on. No, I haven't. I'll never give up my jingle. Laura Lanza Mackey. Laura Lanza Mackey. Mm. Thanks, Laura. Lanza Laura Mackey. All right. Andy Sintas
2: hes back. We haven't played his jingle in a while. Sinters with a silent tea, I won a competition, was the only entry. Mike and Jim both jingle for me. Billy Gould is the poker dandy. Like my sugar with coffee and cream. Into galactic planetary. Into galactic candy centers. And they sent with a silent tea. Into galactic candy centers. And they sent with a silent tea. Into galactic candy centers. And they Centers with a silent tea. Andy Sinters,
3: Andy Sinters with a silent tea
2: that's my favorite jingle that we've done so far of course it is title b-sides and boyfriends sounds like i might be a bit raunchy this one um hey there jim and mike mike and jim hope you are both well i've just finished listening to the songs to make love to episode another cracker cheers fellas i wanted to email you about a couple of things firstly some thoughts on the b-sides as the worm turns in brackets Patton version what a tune the original is great probably the best on the album but with Patton's vocal and the better production and faster tempo i think this one edges it i used to love the scratch samples too but now i'm not so sure anymore
3: i agree
2: to be continued yep, yep. the small victory remixes brilliant just brilliant i don't agree <laughs> the world is yours a great song in that it really marks the different direction the band went in after the real thing. And yet I don't think it would have sat comfortably on Angel. So I think everybody's going to oh, say that. And, I, yeah. and I, I think we'll all agree. An interesting <laughs> fact is that when I was reading Heavier Than Heaven, a book about Kurt Cobain, it mentioned that he was obsessed with a clip of American politician. But, oh, all right. Okay. Let's not go there.
0: Yeah. That, that sample moment. Yep. But, no, let's not talk about that. Just he made the mistake of watching the thing that's related to, and we'll discuss that later.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Hey! My first, no, my second reason for emailing is to tell you a happy little story. I went to see Man on Man last night at the Heron Hounds in Birmingham. Oh, I know some people that were there. They were awesome and it was a great gig. But when I bought the tickets, I had bought two. One for me and one for my son, Oscar. Oscar Sintus with a silent T. Unfortunately, he had his GCSE biology exam today, so he couldn't go out last night. Mm. Roddy and Joey heard about this and signed a poster for him. What lovely guys. I have attached photos so you can see their messages on the poster. This meant that I could leave them outside his room when I got home from the gig. Oh, man. And when Oz woke up, Oscar Sintas, that is, stressed and nervous about his exam, (laughs) this was the first thing he saw. Oh, that's proper sweet, that. Uh, Do you know what? Andy, not only is your jingle my favourite, you're my favourite listener of the podcast. You really are. You're a ledge, mate. Anyway, keep up the good work. Cheers, Andy Sintas. I'm going to read these messages that he wrote to his kid. I love this. Sorry to miss you, but glad you were able to study. (laughs) Study. <laughs> see yeah. you soon. So, sorry you didn't come to the gig, but glad you were in your bedroom studying. Right, and then what does Roddy say? That was um, Joey that said that. Roddy, Oscar, good luck, and see you next time, Roddy. Oh, he'll put that picture up on his wall of Joey and Roddy in their underwear. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's Cheers,
2: right. um, Andy. With a science, with a silent T. Buckers, Bucknell. Oh, I've got to read this. The title is "Hey." To be read in the style of Jim. Oh, I've just got to read the title, that's all.
0: Hey! Yeah, I think so. Good morning, guys. Hope you are both well. I really enjoyed the last episode about the songs to make love to EP. I was surprised to find out that Dust Shoots and Fest was an Angel Dust era release. I always thought that it was from King for a Day as I have it as a B-side on my Evidence CD single, along with an edit of the interviews that were released on the 7-inch vinyl box set. I didn't realise either of those things.
2: Isn't that the red one? You know that, like, it's just red, and it just says Faith for the Mind, big white letters on the front. The one that came free with King for Fool for Yes, it's
0: time. on that. It's on that. But I didn't know it came with the the vinyl box set. And then, even though we don't know, he says, your superior <laughs> knowledge shines through again. <laughs> no, it does. not uh, I also wanted to say that I agree with Jim. Princess Jasmine is fucking hot. Stay safe. Yeah. Nick. Cheers, Booker's Nick, oh,
2: What have we told yeah. Nick about using his real name? Don't be embarrassed that you call Booker's. Right. Play that jingle.
1: in <laughs> that
2: anna maria starnell the world is yours hi jim mike and mr john <laughs> thanks for the theme that was a high point of my life so far of course it was which was anna starnell's oh you did anna starnell's didn't you yeah Anna Marie yeah Yeah, i don't think it was good as laura lancy mackie's no personally no. it was all right yeah. i loved the six feet under and michael c hall was my favorite It had the best ending of any series ever. Oh yeah, you were talking about Six
0: Feet Under, weren't you? It absolutely did. It's worth watching every single episode to get to it. Uh,
2: Bond themes are class act, and I never get why Thunderball is rated so low in all those lists they always do. Tom Jones is singing his heart out, and it's just brassy and bold. Perfectly Bond. I didn't know it were rated low. Patton's adult themes for voice is a better idea than a record. It's priceless. It's a priceless solo offering from a char- charismatic frontman of two bands. His weird side is compelling, but never an easy listen. Um, I know we're doing that pattern episode at some point, but I like adult themes of voice. I just think it's nah. a-, a lesson in voice control and it just shows you what pattern can do, particularly because of the era it was recorded. I think it was what, 1990. I think he started it in 92, did he? And
0: was it released 96 machine. or 97?
2: I think it was 96 it was released, but I think he's, he'd been recording it for a few years, just like in hotel rooms, I think.
0: Did he record it during 95 or 97?
2: No, I think he recorded it over a few years. I, mean, I think it's possible he started it on the Angel Dust Tour. Nah, And he just recorded nah. like noises and just kept them and then put it into an album. Is that not right? Nah, I'm not a pattern bum boy like you, so.
0: No, nah, it was released 96 and he did it. While he was in his hotel. I'm, I'm about to Google this. All right, you I, Google I can't believe like I don't know. Yeah,
2: Like, let's say most Phantomish records. I admired the effort more than I can bear to listen to it. That said, I adore the director's cut, and it's a shame they didn't get to release their version of Flashdance what a Feeling. I've never heard that. <laughs> I've never heard that. That would have been a bizarro must Bizarro masterpiece. That's my phrase. Just it was a presented as a
0: joke. Originally, it was presented as a joke, but I feel like They did end up doing it because they liked the idea. Yeah, I don't know.
2: In an interview with a Swedish magazine called Close Up from 2006, Patton praises Nora Jones's contribution to Peeping Tom and calls it deliciously vulgar. He had previously slagged her music for being bland wallpaper, so let's assume she didn't read that before agreeing to work with him. Uh, The feature opens with a very Pattonian quote. Music is my life. It's my wife and my mistress. It's everything I am as a person. It's me. Nice quote. Uh, as for the rest of Angel Just Tracks, I love them all. The World of Yards is amazing, but it shouldn't have been on the album. I've already established that. Take care, Anna Maria.
1: <laughs> right, if you Googled that? Anna Maria.
0: It was released in 96, oh, well, so I'm yeah, right. It, mean
2: to say
1: it was
0: released in 96 and it was... The album is solely composed of vocals, arranged blah, blah, blah. uh-uh. You know what I did? I clicked Wikipedia again because I was trying to get a fast answer. It was released in 96, though, and I am absolutely certain it was recorded entirely on the 95 tour.
2: Right, okay, here you go. Do you want a quote? Okay. The album was captured on four-track Tascam recorder, which Patton kept on him at all times during Faith No More Tours between 92 and 97. Recorded and mixed in fine hotel rooms around the world. Produced primarily by
0: John Zorn. Did you say between 92 and 97? Yep. How was it released in 96 then?
2: Because my pattern is a time-travelling motherfucker. I don't know. Obviously, I've written it wrong. (laughs)
0: All right, I've got to take my headphones off because I'm walking to grab the physical CD. All right? One sec. Yeah. This
2: isn't even a pattern episode. No, this isn't even a pattern episode.
0: No, it's not good enough, Jim.
2: I've cleared this up now. We've we cleared it up.
0: We've 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 cleared it
2: up. I've just cleared it up. It was released in ninety six, and it was recorded in ninety seven.
0: If you open the CD case, it actually lays out every single room that each track was recorded in. Well, there you go then. So, if you look at it, it says starts at the Georgian Court Hotel in Vancouver, and it moves through Camlin Hotel in Seattle. There's one in Melbourne, I think, from memory. Um, and it tells you what room and everything.
2: Right. Well, I'll obviously, tally that up to where Faith No More were playing on FNMLive.com.
0: Oh, you could. You could actually, you could look at the dates. Oh, sorry, you could look at the venue, like all the, the, yeah, the city. God. And then and you can match it up. Anyway, it doesn't give you dates. So I thought it did.
2: Okay. We've got one final email. I've had a lot of emails, haven't we? I mean, we're, we're, I bet we're an hour into this podcast already, and I don't even knows. know. <laughs> 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 it's been recording like eight parts. This is like the eighth time we've sat here, tried to get through this. Uh, this podcast is weighing me down. Uh, uh. Right, it's okay. the
0: first time that mm. I've cracked a tinny in a long time, and yeah. you didn't hear it.
2: Put sound effect in. Right. Okay. This is from Julian Brum. It's quite a nice name, isn't it? Julian Brum. Um, he's tightly Surprise, you fat bastards. It's new. Julian Brum's never written him before. Welcome. Welcome, Julian. Hi. Welcome. Hey, Julian. Jim and Mike. Like him already. Uh, new fan here. I'm a little late to the party, but I brought a lot of jizz to lob and lots of caca for you to go cuckoo for. Yeah. He's a mm, poet as well. Clever. Um, I think I might be one of your more, I think. Stop throwing in pretend words. Right. Shh, the word sh- think sh- isn't even there. I might be one of your more younger fans at the age of 29. Now, Oscar Sintus is only like 15. I was first introduced to Faith the More from MTV doing specials on 90s hits. And I got into Faith the More around the same time I started high school and really into music as well. Ironically, I started the bass around the same time. And I am very glad that I did. Bill's playing has really curated how I play bass now and really influenced hmm. my writing style. Of course it cool. has, Julian. I really enjoy it when you two pick apart well, no we don't, (laughs) when Mike picks apart and dissects the songs and brings some music theory to the table. It's always nice to hear someone get really into depth into the songs that formed your youth, and the podcast has rejuvenated my love for Faith No More. Your antics make the podcast very enjoyable to sit through and leaves me wanting more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you for bringing so much joy to myself and to many others and building a community of people who share the same passion over this band. Stay safe and take care, you fat bastards. All the way from Montreal, Canada. Oh, I think that's the first Canadian we've had writing. Hmm. Love and Kisses, Julian. P.S. Oh, he's giving us a... Where'd
0: you get the Love and Kisses from?
2: They, they, they always say Love and Kisses, don't they? Just-
0: right. <laughs> that's what they're thinking. Making up words again. Right. Okay, yeah. and he's given us his, his top 10 of Faith
2: No songs, which he's got Underwater lovers number one. Hmm. I was looking through the um, the social media uh comment oh no where was it now someone put on like a faith the more group i think it might be a faith the more followers group on facebook uh they put mm. a link to the podcast and said oh this is great everybody should listen to this and then someone commented and said oh i stopped listening after they were slagging off underwater love i don't remember hmm. ever slagging
0: off underwater love were that you and adrian uh, no I, I the morning after oh, definitely he, he did.
2: definitely said that there were no love for underwater love huh Anyway, uh, Julian's Pritt is his number one in his top ten. Then he goes strip search and song, surprise You're Dead, Separation Anxiety, Last Cup of Sorrow, Caffeine Get Out, Ugly in the Morning, Superhero. That's a very and uh, unique top ten. Eclectic. Yes, eclectic.
0: Perfect no yeah. more. Hmm. That's email's done! Emails done. Yeah. Let's cut to a new segment we've made up recently with Mr. John. He reads out the socials because we forget to read them all the time because we only read the email. So Mr. John has this new segment. Here it is. Don't have to write a jingle because there that is too. Mr. John will write his own
4: jingle. Hi, everyone. Mr. John here. And I've got the German to English translations of Das Schützenfest from last episode. Uh, first up, here's our German friend, but fork.
3: Hello German, and Micen German Mike and Jim, and Jim and Jim and Mike and Mike and Jim and Jim and Jim. This is Alex
2: from the Germany speaking. Uh, as you liked I make the
3: translation for Das Schützenfest with uh, everything
0: you need to know on top else. So I hope you enjoy keep doing your lovely podcast and now I have to take my shepherd and march
1: march march. Mm-hmm.
4: Scream, female We meet them at the Schutzenfest For me, she looks like Heino's sister Hey, black-brown is a hazelnut Black-dyed was her hair Oh, my Bavarian girl Days flow just like Kieferweizen Nights smell like shit But I'll never forget das Schutzenfest Hey, we made love in the pig trough My pants busted open My doodle dick Hey, she thought I was a dandy And her calf were like pickled knuckle of pork Oh, my Bavarian girl, days flow just like Hefeweizen, nights smelled like shit, but I'll never forget Das Hey, oh heaven, yes, yes. Dog, dog, go, dog, go, asshole, dog, go. She made a white sausage out of my head, she dances Ut Ut and Schulplatte. Hey, armpit was fresh and smelled like summer morning, summer morning. Super. Oh, hey, girl, gave me her bra as a soup spoon, smelled like, hey, shit, but I'll never forget Das Thanks, Bunt. And now our regular journalist, Andrew Bowie, B-B-B-Bowie. Bowie 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 Boingy Boingy Andrew Boingy Boingy. Anyway, he- he's translated eyes. Eh? I don't know. Translation number two. We then met for the Open Schutzenfest. Weekend morning shooting fest. To me, she looks like high no sister. Hey, famous German singer from the sixties. The hazelnut is black brown. Her hair was tanned black. Oh, my Bavarian girl, just days away. Point out, lie down yourself, too. We just don't shit with that. The Schutzenfest, never seen again. Hey! We make love in the pig trough. My pants burst on my noodle dick. Hey! She thought I was a dandy. Not familiar with the use of dandy in German, not sure of the connotations. Her calves were like pork knuckles. Expression for being icy cold. Oh, girl, just days away. Point out, lie yourself down, too. We just don't shit with that. The Schutzenfest, never seen again. Hey! Hey! Oh, Belle, yes, yes, dog, dog away, dog away, Asshole, dog away. She turned my wood into a white sausage, typical Bavarian sausage. She dances Oot ut and Schulplatte. Hey, no idea what Oot ut is, but Schulplatte is a typical Bavarian dance where you slap your shoes armpit was fresh and smell like summer morning summer morning super hey oh girl did it to me super hole her bra super hole is literal we have no idea what it means it could be easy to open weekend shit but not with that never seen the shoots and fest again hey never seen again and that's all from translation corner next week the bible in japanese <laughs>
3: 俺は
2: Right, let's dig into these uh, last B sides of Angel Dust.
0: So set it up. The song's a small victory, and then they were pretty fond of um Old Mate, who's known as Youth, and he was from Is that he from Killing Joke?
2: Yep, Martin Glover, aka Youth from the bass player from Killing Joke.
0: And then he does a little remix.
2: It was released on September the first, Night Night Two as a little EP with um Two different remixes and then I think an instrumental version of it as well. And they're, they're more like reimaginings of the song, the original song. It's an f in fact right on! <laughs> <laughs> this was the first Faith the More song to be produced and engineered by someone other than Matt Wallace and the band.
3: Hmm. I've
2: got a little bit of a quote here that kind of relates to this song. It's from Melody Maker in Two. So they're talking about Jim Martin not liking techno music. Dance music. So it says, Patton wants to print up a t-shirt featuring Jim in a familiar thumbs up pose, bearing the legend. Jim Martin says techno's okay. <laughs> There's not much the guitarist hates more than techno. The band have just heard the youth remixes of their single, Small Victory, and they're happy as pigs in shite. Roddy <laughs> is even planning to record a techno track with Anne Magnusson and right said Fred's Richard Fairbass. Now that we found youth, hmm. he can make us what we've always wanted to be. I know everyone, I repeat, everyone will be into it. And um, he fixes Jim with a beaming smile. The guitarist ignores him. I mean, I, when we spoke about a small victory, I think I had that little thing that I'd written that, that it sounded very similar to kind of like dance music and the kind of dancey indie rock that was around at the time, like stone roses and mm. charlatans and things like that. But they went fully yeah fully into the the dance mode. And you know what? I fucking love these dance remixes. I know you don't, Mm. but I do. Mm. Mm.
0: I didn't realize there were three different versions. I've definitely not heard the instrumental version.
2: The, The main version is the R Evolution, as in Revolution, 23 Full Moon Mix. Yep. That's the main one, and that's the one that's featured on the deluxe edition of angel dust. And I think it's on that, that little fucking red CD that came with King for a day. I think it's on there as well. I've got that. That we keep mentioning. Um, I love that you can hear all the parts from the original song a lot clearer. You can hear the samples, you can hear the backing vocals, the bass lines, the drum hits on the snare. You can just hear them so much clearer in this mix. Yeah. And I like that, you know, the kind of, kind of dancey keyboard sound that youth puts over it. I think it's, it's, it's kind of like a really typical sound from that program logic. Oh yeah. Um, I remember when logic uh, first came out, it, there was like all these dancey sample sounds on it. Hmm, and I remember okay. when I was back in my, um, almost made it band, happy ass fish. Uh, I remember our bassist was well into logic and he did a bit of a remix of one of our songs with similar sounds on it.
0: It's, um, it's a bit generic. Now.
2: Yes, yeah, it, it became very popular, yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that the major key verse vocals are sung over that minor heavy guitar bit. I love the way he's taken that vocal off the verse and put it over the It Shouldn't Bother Me bit. Which is I, actually now I think about it, that's the only guitar bit that gets used in there.
1: The d dun 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 dun
3: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: I love that, because it makes that vocal sound quite eerie.
0: Mm, it does sound eerie.
2: I would have said he's added some percussion to it as well.
0: Oh, there's extra, yeah. Yeah,
2: extra beats in there.
0: Extra percussion, extra beats. Yes. Now,
2: I could, at this point, start talking about youth himself and how um, he's inspired Bill Gold over the years. Do you want me to do that? Yeah, do it now. All right, well, I'll have to get it up there. So, members of Faith No More have always cited Killing Joke as an influence, especially Bill. They even approached the guitarist out of Killing Joke, Kevin Geordie Walker, to join the band after Jim Martin left. But they said that uh, his guitar uh. style just sounded like Killing Joke. And when they rehearsed Mm. with him, it basically just sounded like Faith No More backing Killing Joke and it didn't work. But I've got a couple of quotes uh, from Bill. That
0: would have been so
2: good. You think so? Yeah. Uh, Bill said to The Skinny in April 2012, The first time I heard Killing Joke, I was 16. And it was so different. I really didn't get it at first. But when I did, wow. It made heavy music interesting and groovy. But dark as hell. Both humanly organic and extremely antisocial at the same time. I can't think of another band where 34 years later, I'm just as psyched to hear what they've come up with lately as when I was first introduced to them mm-hmm. if you listen to some early Killing Joke stuff and then listen to the We Care A Lot album there's some huge similarities between the two if you listen to their first album by Killing Joke songs like War Dance it's got that early Faith No More sound to it and I think the rhythm section in particular Bill and Mike Boarding, took inspiration from Killing Joke
0: Definitely. There was a there was an email. Oh, it went so far back toward our Introduce Yourself episode. mm mm-hmm. And Chinese arithmetic has a real nod to Love Like Blood.
2: I think Jim's guitar on the first two albums as well, and We Care A Lot and in Introduce Yourself, has a very killing joke sound to it. I wouldn't say that he plays like um, Geordie from Killing Joke, but it's just the sound, the production sound of his guitar.
0: Mm. From what I've heard, yeah. Yep.
2: Anyway, I've, I've got nothing... Mo- I know I said that we're going to rabbit on about Small Victory remix. That's about all I've got. I just love it. And, um... Oh, I did want to mention the cover as well. I think the cover is cool as fuck. The, um... Guy, I think we mentioned in the Small Victory episode, it's, it's taken from a, a Life magazine cover, I think, or Time magazine or something. The picture of, um the guy loading the shells with a gas mask on. Oh, and then yeah. on the cover yep. of this, they've, yep. they've, they've kind of taken four of those and put it in a kind of spectrum colour. And I always loved that. I always thought it was pretty cool.
0: I did want to say that even though I don't love it and I don't get into it, this was from the days that were before digital. You know, this isn't a little Pro Tools remix. This isn't a little, little do-it-in-your-DAW kind of business. I, I don't know how they did remixes back then. I just... I, I just don't know how they overlaid things and stitched them together without computers. Is it
2: possible that he had the stems and then he played live to it with a keyboard?
0: Possibly. And they would have
2: yeah. possibly triggered samples?
0: But I don't know how they did it. Like, it, it must be exactly what you're saying. Like, they play it through a long time and they trigger the samples as they want them. Because I can't think of how else it's done. And also, Faith No More don't record to a click.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah so yeah. so the
0: song would be in different tempos as well, you know, choosing little parts and making them work. Yeah. If anyone has any insight on how to do that in a in a analog world, let us know because that's something well, I don't have any insight. <laughs> you're
2: into. gonna love me because I actually reached out to Martin Glover, aka Youth, and put a few oh, questions man. to him about this remix. Did you? And,
0: yeah. You got me back on board now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, he didn't didn't reply. So let's move on to the next song. What song do you want to do next? Well, seeing as though we've done the one
2: you like the least, let's move on to the one you like the most. As the Worm Turns, Mike Patton version.
0: It was in my top 10.
2: It was. It actually was. So you'll be glad to know that this was the highest ranking non-album track in the now famous Faith No More Followers poll, mm, 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 and it came mm. twenty three out of a hundred and five recorded songs. So it was twenty three out of the out of all Faith in the Most Catalog. The original version of As we Own Terms came at forty eight. that was the highest ranking song from We Care a Lot album?
0: And how do you feel between the two versions? My preference is the
2: original Chuck version,
0: but I, mean, I
2: do love this version. I think it opens up that question that whole faith no more multiverse what if thing thing that we mentioned last episode mm-hmm. you know what if Patton had, a, had a sung those early faith no more songs recorded all of them mm-hmm. um, that'd be interesting wouldn't it um no I in this version I missed the piano intro that yeah, piano intro that's that, a nice touch that, that fades in I think it's just absolutely fantastic and it's it because yep. it starts off with that kind of classical Strip back sound of just the piano coming in with lots of reverb on Mm. it, and then when the song comes in with all the instruments, it just brings it into focus straight away. You miss that from this version when it just starts with the um, strings.
0: An interesting perspective, too, is that at the time we heard that, the string sound we heard in 92 was current. It was of the time. Mm -hmm. Like The first time I heard As a Worm Turns was Brixton Academy, Mm -hmm. Fat Bastards. And then I heard the the B-side, which was the recording. And even that string sound is different. Mm -hmm. Like the the studio version is a bit more swooshy. It's a bit thicker. It's a lot thinner live for the real thing. I prefer Um, that live
2: sound actually to the the recorded sound.
0: Yeah, me too. But the thing I noticed with the Chuck Mosley version is that at the time, that string sound sounded really dated, like the synthy string sound. I like that. I like that though. But now listening back, there's less time between 92 and what, 85 than there is between now and 92. Yeah, like a good 30 fucking years.
3: Patton
2: was singing this as early as 1989. It was introduced in, it was one of the old songs that Patton did real justice to. Uh, As you say, it was at at Brixton. So someone mentioned in the emails about the turntable scratch sample on it. I'm not too keen on that. That sounds a bit dated now. Patton does an amazing job though. He does. He really uh. Gives it his own spin on it and adds more energy to it and a new lease of life to the song, but I just don't think you can compete with Chuck's original version.
0: Well, I think that's the charm. mashes it
1: out of the park, (laughs) motherfucker.
0: My note says it's quintessential faith no more.
2: Hmm, I'd agree with that.
0: I think what's special about this song and this recording in particular is that it's that original early Faith No More sound, it's obviously from the first album, and then you've got Patton on it, which most people know of Faith No More and Patton era, and then it's just all the best parts of Faith No More mishmashed into this excellent little song that has booger daggers
2: Booga Daga is, that, I would, you know, that was on the tip of my tongue. I was waiting for you to stop talking and I was going to say, that's Booga Daga. Uh,
0: and we also get the classic Booga Daddy Bill bass line. Bo-doom-doom. Do-doom-doom.
2: I also think what the modern version lacks, which the original version has, is the kind of sarcasm and angst that Chuck puts into it.
0: Yeah. This I is think- a lot more metal. And straight ahead. I think sarcasm carries through, because Patton's really good with sarcasm. Yes, I think the sarcasm cuts a little bit. but I
2: think Chuck were better
0: at that poking fun at the world through
2: his his vocals. Mm. Something like that is something you hear from Johnny Rotten, maybe even early Bowie. Bowie, 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 Bowie. And Chuck totally pulls that off. I I totally... Place Chuck on a high pedestal with with Bowie, 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 and with Ozzy Osbourne and with um, Johnny Rotten. You know, three singers that didn't have technically perfect voice voices, but were. I, I, I think I've already told our listeners all about my feelings of this, and I think Chuck mm. st- stands up there with them. You know, he wasn't the greatest singer. He wasn't Mike Patton. He wasn't Frank Sinatra, but he had that raw. Punk in his voice, um, which Patton has never had. If Patton wants to sound Uh, that way, he has to put a voice on. That's not in his comfort zone. I think
0: Patton was never going to be able to be punk because he just has a ridiculously good voice that can do what he wants it to do.
2: And I think As the Worm Turns is a punk song. I think it's a Mm. punk rock song with Faith No More's Bugger Daddy, uh, um, Killing Joke twist to it. But essentially... A lot of those songs from We Care a lot, maybe not so much to introduce yourself, but definitely We Care a lot, are punk songs. There's a that punk vibe to it. Bill's yeah, playing a punk yeah. feel on his bass, you know, with his own twist. Mike Bording's, you know, yeah. he's got those African beats, but he's playing them like Paul Cook from Sex Pistols, you know what I mean? You might find that I mentioned Sex Pistols a lot in this episode, because I <laughs> just watched that a documentary, not documentary, that um drama series, which I'm going to mention in, New music stroke, new television programs because it's fucking brilliant.
0: Do you know, the other thing I noticed is that the...
1: Uh,
0: the way the guitar and keyboard play in unison, they play the melody together. Now, in A Small Victory, as an example, Faith No More don't do a lot of that. No, they don't. There's not a lot of like, oh, keyboard and guitar, let's just play the same thing. You know, it may be some chords or some padding, but actual melodies in unison, very rare. And this song probably has more of that than any other I can think of. Uh, oh, look, better, better turn to my notes and just check if there's anything that's really important that I need to mention. Uh, I like how raw this mix is. Like there's not – it doesn't sound as um, polished. deliberate – and polished as angel dust angel dust it's,
2: it's almost like a demo
0: yeah like Patton's voice doesn't move you know like there's multiple tracks and there's harmonies but they don't shift about in the space and the field and they don't add more reverb or take it away or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the you're probably an okay person if you only had a job I am I've, I've got always a job. thought that's why you're probably okay it's just a really good hook Probably an okay person if you only had a jar. But it's a really good hook and it only happens once at the beginning of the song and right at the end it just does that Would be if only you had a jar. And it does this really nice sort of like bring it back revisit of that hook. Because, you know, a regular conventional hook happens, you know, continuously throughout a song or it happens in a chorus. But there's no real chorus in this song.
2: No, starts where it starts and the the melody lines and the um, lyrics just lead you through.
0: Very repetitive, though. Mm -hmm. A lot of the same thing back and forth. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, But I think that's the thing that Chuck did. Chuck did that. He told a story with his his lyrics. Well,
0: same as uh, Mark Bowen. Mark Bowen's very repetitive. It's got a very similar sort of structure to it. We need to do that album. We haven't done that album yet. Yeah, we did No, we haven't done that. We haven't done We Care a Lot. We haven't done Soul Invictus. Mm. Nah, mate, it's coming. It's coming. I like the bit where he goes, uh, Friday morning, Sunday, right. It's going to be a good day. There's a harmonized yell where they're like the yelling happens together, and there's like a lower and a higher yell, mm-hmm. and they're harmonized, and that's fun. Rather than singing in harmony, it's yelling in harmony. Um, at two minutes and eight seconds. He sings a would be if only you had a job. And there's one little voice in there that goes, ha ha. Have you noticed that before?
3: Uh, I think I know what you mean.
0: would be if only you had a job. Ha ha. Yes, it's just a ha ha. Would be if only you had a job. <laughs> um, and then Patton does his little, ow, closes the song out, which is only of Angel Dusty, right? I'm pretty sure that's an inhale I agree uh, I like the ending you hear it in the intro of every single one of these episodes uh, and when I googled or spotified as a worm turns did you know there's a band called as a worm turns
2: I didn't now
0: any good? got are like They're like black metal. It is a phrase, though. Good vocals.
2: Isn't it? It's not a... It's an actual phrase, as the worm turns.
0: I thought it was as the world turns. Is there a phrase, as the worm turns?
2: Hang on. I'm typing it into that. There's a magical space at the top of my computer, which, if you type something in, it tells you all the information you need to know about something. Uh, Definition of the worm turns. Used to talk about how a situation can suddenly change so that a person who has been weak, unlucky, successful, etc., can become strong, lucky, etc. Yeah, I knew it were a. a the worm I mean, turns. Yeah. T I L. T I L. What's that mean?
5: Today I learned. Here's Andrew Bowie to talk about As the Worm Turns Life. As the Worm Turns is arguably Faith No More's longest lived song. First known set lists with Chuck from 1985 all include the song, well before We Care A Lot was written. It's featured in at least some shows' set list in nearly every year they toured, including The Reunion, and was played at their last shows with Chuck in 2016. In set list stats, it's the fourth most played Chuck-era song after We Care A Lot, Introduce Yourself and Chinese Arithmetic. That said, there were times it fell out of favour. The band doesn't seem to play it at all in 1987, favouring songs from the new album Introduce Yourself. They only add it back into setlist in their final Europe tour with Chuck in May 1988. It's occasionally played with Patton in 1989, but it's already being introduced as a very old song. It's finally added solidly back into setlist rotation in 1990 in time to feature our new Fat Bastards, and to start being associated with Mike Patton singing it. Probably no surprise then that it was recorded with Mike during the Angel Dust sessions, though it could just as easily have been Chinese Arithmetic or The Crab Song. Both played just as often with Mike in the 90s. By 1983, it's commonly in the main set list, swapped out for Mark Bowen every second set or so. Later era Faith No More played Worm Turns, but rarely. 1995 only saw it played in August, right near the end of the tour. 1997 was similar, only starting to play at mid-tour in September. But it was the first Chuck Hero song that they tackled with John after We Care a Lot and Introduce Herself. During the reunion, Worm Turns was the fourth most played Chuck Hero song after We Care a Lot, Chinese Arithmetic and Spirit. In 2015, it was only played six times, which is less than a tenth of all of the shows that year. What about we do Shuffle Song yep. and then we'll rap on
0: World Is Yours? Right. So it goes, this song goes under three
2: titles. The band themselves called it the Shuffle Song. The fans called it Seagull Song due to the mm-hmm. samples. But it's also got the name of Virus, which I would have think is what the band, Shuffle Song would be their code name for it. Virus was what they were going to title. Oh.
0: Hmm. Where'd Virus come from? Where'd you learn of this?
2: Just got it. I might have read it on old FNM.com actually. Hmm. Anyway, first glimpse we heard of this song was on the MTV in the studio special, that big, long piece of footage that MTV filmed that's out there because that's the song they're working on in it. And that's where it got the um, title, the seagull song because Bill and Roddy are playing about with a sample, which is called seagulls, but it doesn't actually really sound like seagulls. It's just a noise. And then the first time that we, Properly got to hear the songs in two thousand and nine. Faith No More were back. They were doing the reunited tour, and they were doing no interviews. There was no interviews in the press. They were not interviewed by anybody. Yeah. However, they did one interview, and it's Roddy Bill sat in like a hotel lobby, and they were given some questions by fans, which I didn't know, but I found this out recently that your mate Jerry was one who organised that. Really. One of the questions, is there anything from Angel Dust that's not ever been released? And then the camera cuts to Mike Borden, who's just been sat there silently. And he says, yeah, Yeah. I've got one here on my laptop. The shuffle song. And Bill and Roddy are like, oh, don't even remember that. And then he plays the first half of the song on his laptop. um, And we got to hear it then. Now, I have actually heard the full track. And I know Adrian's heard the full track as well, because he's mentioned it to me before. Uh, And it's cool. I don't think it's really worthy of being on Angel Dust, but it's a better B-side than, say, instrumental song. You know, it would have been nice for it to be on the um, Angel Dust uh, deluxe version, but it's not. I
0: mean, we are at 30 years. Maybe there's a little surprise coming. The um, vocal line that sounds almost like either a pre-chorus or a chorus where Patton goes, feel better. Yeah. Feel better. It reminds me a lot of perfect, perfect crime.
2: Perfect <laughs> Boom. Yeah, I've got the exact yeah. Note. yeah. It's that kind of sound between the real thing and Angel Dust which you hear yeah. on a perfect crime. Where Pat's not quite into the Angel Dust vocal yet, but he's left the real thing vocal behind. Oh,
0: but it's a little bit rappy. That's a thing. Like he's putting it behind, but it's just still a little bit there. There's a sample at the beginning of the song of like an orchestra warming up. Yeah. Yeah, and they're tuning up.
2: Yeah, they're all tuning the the stringed instruments, and you hear it, and it's just one kind of din. It's just one continuous noise, but yeah. it's kind of like a really atmospheric noise. That's that's at the beginning of the song. Mm-hmm. Did we establish whether the
5: hey?
0: Is the same as Crack Hitler Um, It's pretty similar isn't it They're not from memory Should we put them side by side again because I can't remember (laughs) It's like three episodes ago Four (laughs) Well thanks thanks future Mike
2: Future Mike Let you decide whether it's the same uh, sample or not I love the guitars in this. I think the guitar, riff, melody is pretty cool. Again, that's very real thing in its sound. Yeah. I'm wondering if this song was one of the first songs they recorded in the Angel of Sessions, one, maybe one of the first ones they wrote because it's got a very real thing sound to it. Yeah, well, and
0: that, the guitar. that perfect crime thing that yeah. gives me the impression it's got. It's close to World Is Yours, which we'll get to. The verse melody, the harmonies in them are really interesting. They're cool. They remind me of Alice in Chains. All right. If you're an Alice in Chains fan, I think it was Dirt 92, and the self-title was 95 or 96. I want to say 96, but I don't, yeah. Don't no, but the harmonies in the self-titled were really interesting. Like they were a lot of the time, they were very um, uh, dissonant. They weren't always, you know, as like the the dirt harmonies are pretty beautiful all the time. Whereas the yeah the ones on the self-titled were a bit more interesting. And the harmonies on this have that eerie kind of self-titled sound. It's almost like a little bit before its time.
2: Yeah, it's like Patton was testing how far he could take the harmonies and what he could do to make the vocal sound different. He perfected that on the album tracks. This, the, yeah. I do, as yeah, the, the more we talk about it, the more I think this was a kind of like warm up to Angel Dust, maybe the first song mm. they recorded. And then they kind of thought, well, oh, that's kind of the idea we want. That's kind of direction we want to be in, but that's not quite right. Let's move on to caffeine and see what we can do with that or, or whatever.
0: Do we know what date that behind the scenes footage, we don't know the date because behind the scenes footage is January the 12th,
2: 1992. In fact, do you know what? I've got a DVD version of it. I
0: okay, and then...
3: Uh, 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 right, here, I've got it here. Oof.
2: Which I bought from a record fair years and years ago. Oh, well, that was a waste of time because it doesn't tell you.
0: Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I bought one on oh, eBay. Oh, man,
2: I ain't opened this this in years. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs>
0: dvd it's got a
2: photocopied cover on it oh it's this. it's beautiful it's actually beautiful over 200 (laughs) minutes of footage never broadcast on tv i'm gonna lick it
0: so okay so while you're licking that do we know the dates that angel dust was recorded
2: yes it was between december and january of December 91 and January of 92.
0: Is that all? It was two months? Yes. All right. I mean, we're at the last episode of Angel Dust and I'm putting together that it was done over two months. So because it feels like at the beginning of the footage, we see also all the – we see the Seagull song footage and then we see Patton sitting with Jim Martin mm-hmm. showing him malpractice as though Jim's never heard malpractice before. So it's it's got to be sort of early, early in the sessions. I mean... I tell you where it tells
2: you the exact date, on the MTV footage. Right, do you know what? There's like a little featurette that's on the MTV, actually. They only used about two minutes of all that footage for a little featurette. Yeah. MTV News Special, here we go. And it's going to tell... it Right at the beginning, it tells you the exact date.
0: January 10th. So it was... Still early days. If they recorded part of December and then most of January, it was still the earlier parts. They probably took some time off over the new year. There would have been Christmas breaks. Yep. Hanukkah. You know? Easter. East. Yeah. <laughs> fin- <laughs> Financial New Year. Queen's Platinum Jubilee. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds very early era of... Angel dust. That's good. I'm shuffling my papers. That's that's how I'm doing. The shuffle, Mike Shuffling speppers to the shuffle song. I actually wrote as one final note on that song. It sounds abandoned. Yeah. Who was that? Who was that person that said um, songs are never finished, only abandoned? Some that's someone's quote. Look it up. We're a really organised podcast. I just thought of it. Songs. Someone said never. Songs are never finished, only abandoned. I heard it referenced when someone was talking about Jeff Buckley's sketches <laughs> and the fact that. Okay, I, 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 I'm going to let you try and guess who said it. Um, uh,
2: Belinda Carlisle. Nope, Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> Art <laughs> is never finished; merely abandoned. Art is never finished. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well done, Leah. Love to have you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of your turtle friends. Hey! Ha. Do you know what the beginning of this song makes me think of? um, If it's not a
0: circus, I want to know. No,
2: no, Hannibal traveling over the Alps on his elephants.
0: Not um, not the guy from Silence of the Lambs sitting on Ikea furniture. Uh, World
2: is Yours. So it came number 67 in the Faith No More, now famous, because it is, Faith No More followers poll out of 105 songs. And it came number five out of the 10 unreleased tracks that are on there. So not that popular with fans. Why so?
0: Do you know, do you have it in front of you of the unreleased songs? What were ahead of it?
2: Right. So what we're talking about, right. So the top 10 non-album tracks. So number one was as the worm turned turns absolute zero number two, another body murdered number three, the cowboy song number four, then there's The World Is Yours, then The Perfect Crime, and The Perfect Crime is fucking beautiful. Then I Won't slide. Forget You, then yeah, Sweet Emotion, okay then The Big Kahuna, then Light Up and Let Go, which I agree that's on the bottom. Oh, that's such a tough list, man, because some of my favourite Faith No More songs are just in that list Absolute Zero, Another Body Murdered, Cowboy Song, Perfect Crime, Sweet Emotion. Oh, you love all those songs. Well sweet
0: emotion, sweet emotion is basically the Yeah, but it's not is, it's different.
2: It's very different. And I love it. Uh, I love it. It's like it's like giving birth to twins. The two twins. How can you pick which one you love most?
0: They're all in my top ten.
2: Sweet emotion. Right, yeah, so what we're we talking about? The is yours. Right. Yeah. It was released first of all, Who Cares a lot? Released in nineteen ninety eight. Which was ace. I remember when Who Cares Lock came out and there was like that extra CD with all those bits, songs of, that we'd never heard before on. It was like.
0: Can I retell my fun story? Yeah. So I, I, my first job out of high school was working at Triple M and Today FM, which is Oz Stereo in Sydney. And I was known as the office boy that loved Faith No More.
2: Of course you were, yeah. Also, you were known as the creepy guy that sat in the corner with his headphones on, with his two laptops, and you're like,
0: "No, I was much more sociable back when oh, I was young." I was, yeah, oh, yeah. I was. You've just become cynical and
2: rude and uh, obnoxious the older you've got. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's since since we've known each other, pretty since much. we've but.
2: known each other. Okay, <laughs> <laughs>
0: but I was known as the Faith No More fan, and it was um, Dan moved from Shock to Polydor. God, I'll, I'll drag this on. Dan was at Polydor, and he was like. He called me one day and he said, I know you're a big Faith No More fan. Do you have the single – I've told this before. Yes, you Do you have the single of Digging the Grave with the B-side, I Started a Joke? And I said, yeah, yeah, I've got that. And he goes, so they're talking about releasing that with a greatest hits of Faith No More. This is after they've broken up. And they're going to possibly release I Started a Joke as a single. Mm -hmm. Do you have that? I need to take it to the music director at Polydor in Australia so that he can – have an opinion on it. So I got the CD, couriered it over to him. And then that was sitting with them for about a week. And then he got it back to me. And then like two days before who cares a lot comes out, Mm. he hands me a copy, a free copy of who cares a lot before it was released. And Andrew Bowie doesn't remember this, but I instantly dubbed the second CD, made a cassette copy put it in an express post envelope and sent it to Andrew Bowie without explanation. And he emailed me the next day going, what the fuck is this? Holy shit.
3: Oh, you
2: and Andrew Bowie go way back then, don't you?
0: Yeah. I tape traded with him back oh, in 98. And he said, he doesn't remember that story, you know, but that that's how I remember it. So there had been faith, no more FNM live.com when it was lithium.com slash FNM. I think that was their old URL. Uh huh. They had bootlegs of uh, The World Is Yours, and I'd heard it already. It's funny because they played it
2: live They, they were in the, on when they did their um, uh, South American tour. They played it live a few times. So people will have heard this song, obviously, before 98, but I didn't. This was the first time I heard it. Oh, you
0: hadn't heard the bootlegs? No,
2: no, I'd never heard the song at all, ever, until Who Cares Lot came out.
0: Look, Jim, we're jumping around a lot, and we always do. I take responsibility for that. Well, you should do because you're not an award winner like me. I, <laughs> I made a note. I made a note at the start. You, you did it. eat ha, ha, which sounds a lot like Patton.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can imagine it. Like Patton. it's got a real yeah.
0: circus. Like it's, it's the like it's the um the 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 the, the, the the, the guy in the middle, the ringleader. The ringleader.
2: No, the yeah. ringmaster.
0: Jesus, ringmaster. Thank you. <laughs> with the with the elephants doing the e ha and doing like whips. Like, brrr,
2: I think they're saying aim fire. Aim fire.
0: I just thought it was like an e ha, like a like a. We'll, well, we'll play the with... sample now, and wow. then
2: we'll, wow, future us can determine whether
0: who's correct. Oh, well, that's a housekeeping thing.
2: So I, don't, I know why I'm right. Eight, five,
0: eight, five, eight, five, eight, five. Well call me Owen Wilson because wow. That's quite funny actually. Quite an easy. I thought that, that's the <laughs> So I made a note. Do, 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 do. And then down, down, down. Bing build up big yeah. build made a little note epic part two that must be a big question mark epic what i mean is that two. you know how really? when they did epic they very specifically set out with epic like it, it was they knew it was epic mm. it was so epic that i just bumped my microphone mm. which i never do it's got a real epic no it's it, so nothing it. like epic you, no, it, but it just, you, I just mean you, it's epic, it's grand. Oh, right. You're not it's comparing it to the song epic. Good. No, I just feel like they were coming out of doing the real thing and mm. they were at that point of wanting to alienate or there was this sense of subconsciously wanting to alienate their audience or not really. They were just evolving to doing something else. But it was almost as though subconsciously they're writing a song mm. that's like the next epic of the next album and it's got that, grand big it's bigger than anything they've done before seen it all before (laughs) brought it back fuck it
2: well i'm gonna say that i I don't actually like the samples at the beginning of this song got the aim fire bit or whatever it is you've got the elephants and then you've got the kind of orchestra hit sound Mm. and i just don't think you needed all that i think it would have been quite nice just to come in with a this song to start and then be like start from there. You don't need all that beginning yeah, you kerfuffle. Yeah, that's great. No, you do. It was called the sample song as it's working title. And there's a lot of samples. And Mike Patton said, there's a lot of samples, which was one of the things that kind of freaked them out. Hmm. Gee, there's a lot of sampling on this. Don't you think like a rock audience will be confused by this sampling thing? And then Brody Bottom said, it's just weirder. A, a, you know referring to the whole album the record company said it was a bit of bit too left field which means less rock they also accused us of gratuitous sampling but then there's bass chords yes bass chords
0: bass chords a bring 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 brum, brum, brum. when you when you say bring i think it's because you've got you've
2: yeah you've got a guitar over the top.
0: bass playing the chords and a guitar over that We get another bass slide. Mm-hmm. We do the... Fucking great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anytime, anytime, Rocky Daddy Bill drops a bass slide. Oh, First time I've ever stopped and read the lyrics while listening to this song. Keep
2: Your Distance.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, obviously these lyrics aren't written down.
0: Well, no, this is people dissecting and... It's probably that
2: bloody Adrian again. He's always doing this.
0: I did, I did this time look on Old Faith No More. Couldn't find this song.
2: Reading through the lyrics that are up on Genius.com or um, A to Z lyrics or whatever, I don't think they're correct. There's the odd line that's right. Obviously, there's there's lines that are easy to transcribe. Keep your distance is one. Yep. I've got better things to do, another. This will hurt someone.
0: That, I've got better things to do. Keep your dis... You're in the rain. Caress me. Caress yeah. me. I don't think that's right. But then you're right. I uh, got uh, better, better things. things... I fucking love that. Yeah, bit. that. That sounds... I, I couldn't pick it. Sexual. Because I thought it was like tonight. I thought it was like something... so tonight. That bit. But better things to do, it actually does sound like better things to do. That... That little squeal, that mm. little scream, that's a little insight into that Angel Dust sound. I yep. still think yeah, I yeah. think this song, along with Shuffle Song, was one of the earlier Angel yeah. Dust yeah, tracks. And it's got that that inhale. I,
2: again, what you said with the Shuffle Song, this song sounds a little abandoned to me. It doesn't sound like yeah. fully... Um, oh, I had a little bit of a can pop then. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, it doesn't sound fully... Formed to me it does it sounds like an early stage of yeah uh
0: in a hypothetical multiverse world yep, that multiverse. let's 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 one we won't do an episode on this one imagine the record label pressured them to release something after the real thing when they went into the studio for Angelus and like give us something give us something and all they had was uh shuffle song and world is yours it didn't though that R.V. and um. and caffeine. This song sits really nicely with caffeine. Definitely, they could have done a caffeine single with this as the B-side. If not, this is the single and shuffle songs the B-side before they because it, it was have. like it was like Epic Part Two.
2: Stop saying it's like Epic Part Two. It doesn't sound <laughs> it's good. all like Epic. It's good.
0: It's great. And what I love about it, and this is in my notes later in the song, it's a really progressive song. Like, uh, the real thing. The real thing has that progressive sound. It's not a verse, chorus, verse, chorus interlude thing. It's like it moves through phases. But imagine a mo- little multiverse with, you know, th- th- this song. I actually think it had a lot of potential and it does sound like Belinda Carlisle said, that it was abandoned. Like it could have been no, completed. Ange, no,
2: Michelangelo, uh, was Donatello, no, Raphael, no, Splinter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Cowabunga.
2: <laughs> right, can we, should we talk about the sample in the middle of the song?
0: So there's a line in this song which I didn't, I didn't. This will how how like, oh, you're always saying somewhere. I someone didn't know what he was saying. Else. But when I read the lyrics in the This Will Hurt Someone Yeah. And that appears in the interlude. And this was known as a working title. Usually we start a section like when we do a new song. You go working title, something Sample You didn't this was known as the sample song. Yeah. Because it was it Mike Borden? Oh, you said that. Was it – who Um, who of the band – I know Mike Patton was obsessed with this sample. Was it Patton and Roddy or Mike Borden? Oh, Patton so we talked about the sample was... in the middle of the song then. So we're at the sample now, yeah. Right, okay. So starting at 3
2: minutes 11, the sample is a recording of the R. Bud Dwyer incident in which Pennsylvanian politician claimed his innocence of corruption against charges – by fatally shooting himself at a public press conference. But yeah, I, when I found this out pretty much like, um, I think it was Anna or, or Laura was saying in her email where we, we, we decided not to mention it at that point. Cause we were going to talk about it in this show. Cause that's how cr- fantastically prepared and how much research we put in. I went so on award winning. Uh, I went onto YouTube and you can actually watch the clip of him shooting himself
0: on YouTube.
2: Yeah. Until I did the research for this song, probably last year or the year before when I did, I wrote a thing on it, on Faith No More Followers, that amazing page that I also do, as well as this. Check it out, faith, Um, Yeah, I didn't know anything about this. I'd well, never heard of our Bud Dwyer before.
0: I must apologise to Andy Couch because he was the one who, consolidated a lot of information back in the day i do think there is some information on fn old fnm.com or maybe probably and that's
2: probably where FNM. i i found out about it and then put it in my article
0: yeah i think if you look there um it's certainly out there Patton was obsessed with this sample and i th- i can't remember if it was borden or gould or um or if roddy himself was obsessed with it but the this using this sample from this moment Mm -hmm. it was 1987 22nd of january he was the state treasurer of pennsylvania and abad dwyer he um held a press conference and the way i understand it was and this is a summary and if if you're really interested then definitely read up on it because i promise this isn't the best uh wrap up but um the way I understand it was that he was the state treasurer. That's
2: why you haven't won any awards. I'm sorry,
0: but the way I understand it was that he was state treasurer of Pensilv- in Pennsylvania. Oh, you've already said and that. I know, but you yeah. keep keep, but he he was the state treasurer of Pennsylvania. He, said that. <laughs> but he uh nobody cares. There was no, there was so, no people. This isn't. This is where it gets the information he arranged funding for some developments or some sort of funding and it was obviously using the state taxes to pay you know for the development and he chose to use a certain you know organization or whoever to do the construction or the the work and so they won you know those finances The the contract thank you And because he knew them or because he was funneling more money than he should have or whatever, he was called out for corruption and that's what took him to court. Mm. So he was using, you know, state funds to do this work and channeling it to someone else that was giving him some sort of kickback was the allegation and in court the findings were that he was guilty and he he was going to go to jail. And they had requested that he resigned from his role as state treasurer before he goes to jail. So before going to jail, he asked to hold a, a media proceeding and, you know, give his statement. And he was very clear that he had to say what he had written out and he brought with himself uh, an envelope that had the, the media statement. And as he was going through these readings, he was obviously very nervous and they could tell that he was nervous and he said some things that he almost got pulled up on and they almost tried to stop it and whatever, but he insisted that he say what he needs to say. And then at one point he pulls out more paperwork and a gun. And within that envelope was his um, suicide letter. Mm-hmm. And as he pulled out the gun and he was trying to complete his statement, you hear the commotion and... He then says, this will hurt someone. And they say, please don't do this. And then he points a gun in his mouth and shoots himself in the head. There you go. And it is...
2: Very succinct, lovely story. <laughs> Tell your kids it before they go to bed. <laughs> Show them the clip and then play them this what? song.
3: Say,
0: do you know... Uh, Sweet
1: dreams. <laughs>
0: <laughs> People who have used this... um People have used this sample when I was reading up on it. Faith No More had – Filter had um, done the song about it and I had been reading up on Disturbing Audio and um, incidentally, ABC sampled this same song and admittedly I I chose to sample – sorry, I sampled this this moment from Hmm. this press conference. Uh, ABC have a song called This Is Not A Test – and yeah, um,
2: it. yep, yep. it's not as good as slippy, yeah. slippy, super slide.
0: And we, yeah, fair enough. And uh, it, it totally, I did it because I heard of it because of Faith No More. So we use a little bit of that in our song too. I, I use that this will hurt someone in my lyrics as well. I didn't realize that Faith No More had didn't know that,
2: oh, but man. um, whatever. Yeah, you know, we wrote this song and it goes, You want it all, but you're not going to have it. It's up your ass, but you can't grab it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I want it influenced by Faith No More on that one at all.
0: And this is, this will hurt someone. Hey! Yep.
2: FNM facts right on! So, the uh, bassist out of Faith No More, which is what this podcast is about, Faith No More, Bill Gould, uh, big fan of the film Scarface and, and the middle eight of this song, the flamenco, Rhythm and Rodionki mm-hmm. Key sounds very Scarface, very right. The theme from Scarface by Giorgio Morodor. Yeah. And obviously the well not maybe not obviously. The title of the song, The World Is Yours, is featured in the film Scarface, which is where I quite humorously (sighs) did the um, little thing right at the beginning of this episode, which was when we recorded it two weeks ago. Um, Mm. In the film Scarface, a blimp goes by and it says, The World Is Yours on it. And then in the final scene of Scarface with the big shootout in Tony Montana's house... There's a big statue in the middle of his mansion at the bottom of his stairs that gets shot to fuck, And it says, the world is yours on the bottom of it. I'm pretty T-I-L. sure that Faith No More got the title from Scarface. And also Faith No More play Tony's theme uh, from Scarface by Giorgio Morador in 2009 at, on at Life. So I think that, you know, I think actually a version of this theme would have, Sat nicely on the director's cut album by Phantoms.
0: No, but I just, I'm not familiar with the song. Oh, okay. I don't know. Well, yeah, it well that's where they've got the title it from for well. sure. So I noticed in listening to the uh, reading the lyrics, listening over the song, there's a lot of this. Uh, this will hurt someone, and then the scene it all before. They keep seeing it, and then um, I was going to cut to the uh, live talk a little bit later, but there's a line. Where he says you will never blink again, seen it all before, which is obviously in my mind lyrically. You'll never blink again. It's to do with the suicide. Mm. But there's also uh, the lyric that he used live before he changed it was a bullet moves faster than the eye, referring to the shot. A bullet moves faster than the eye, seen it all before. It was like I think poetically that was actually a really strong lyric as well. Do you think that tying together both that section of The World Is Yours and they might have titled it The World Is Yours and then being inspired by the sample of uh, This Will Hurt Someone, do you think Patton's tied all his lyrics to those two things and making them work? Because I think that's what he's done. Yes. The World Is Yours, This Will Hurt Someone. It's about it. Someone making a statement, ending their life.
5: Say hello to my little
2: friend.
0: But it all ties together lyrically. Yep, yeah, good. I really thought that uh, the build-up happens. What is your? He sings that bit. The guitars in that section are sick. That's total Jim Martin.
2: Yeah, the guitars are definitely a standout in this song. It's his
0: style, like yeah, no guitarist of Faith No More has done that kind of harmony guitar thing since.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think this is this song in particular is more Jim Martin than a lot of songs actually on Angel. Uh,
0: all I want to say, do you have any more to say? I've got now nope. three more notes on the song.
2: Okay, I've got no more notes
0: on the song. So it builds up, and then, uh, and then he does it. I love the way he sings that bit. He doesn't really sing like that until, I would say, album of the year. Mm-hmm. But that belty, raspy, like maybe ashes to ashes chorus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Smiling. I sound like someone from South Park. Smiling
1: with the mountain of your <sighs> A wave to you. you. You
2: said you have three more, more notes. That's one out of three.
0: Um, the outro is great. It's very progressive. This yeah. is the best non album song. No, it's not. I don't need to discuss it. I disagree no. with myself, but I. Fucking love this. I love this song. It's like almost six minutes long. Which is it's long. It's a really good song.
2: You know why that is? Because there's fucking three minutes worth of fire, <laughs> at the beginning of the song. If you cut all that off, it'd be two minutes long. I My mean, math Not was quite. out there. But- yeah. Right. But that's yeah, yeah. Second totally.
0: point of three. What's your third point? So, um, no, that was, that was it. Outro, great. Very progressive. The best non-album song.
2: All right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay, that is three points. Yep. My maths back on farm again. Gideon, kid's do you want to go? Do you
0: want to go? Do you want to go ten to your children? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we've got our um, Andrew Bowie comments that have come through for As the Worm Turns, and then this one.
5: During their 1991 South American tour, Faith No More started debuting some new songs in their sets, including "Caffeine," "RV," and "The World Is Yours." Then only known as the sample song from the set list, we have it looks like of the new songs. "The World Is Yours" was favored by the band more commonly played than Caffeine. By the Japan shows, Caffeine is played at only one of those shows during the encore, while The World Is Yours is played in the main set of both shows. All of the new songs were played at Day on the Green in San Francisco in October. It's perhaps surprising then that The World Is Yours didn't end up on Angel Dust or even as a B-side. It remained the mysterious sample song, available only in dubious quality on nth generation VHS from Brazil, until the band broke up and released Who Cares A Lot compilation, finally giving the song a name. Until that point it remained the only original Faith No More song that had been played live but never released.
0: There are a couple of live performances floating around of this that are worth listening to.
5: Mhm. Yeah, agree. I
0: really it's this is a favorite of mine and there's there's two videos. There's the Olympia in Sao Paulo, Brazil, 24th of September 1991, but the bit where Patton's singing the keep your distance his uh, voice is noticeably not uh, it's probably tired from the tour mm. but it's not it's not hitting the note like it's he just can't get that low live it's just interesting to listen to mm-hmm. And that's when he sings the uh, Bullet Moves Faster Than the Eye. Seen it all before? Seen it all before. There's a Japanese performance of it that's really good, um, or a performance in Japan, Mm -hmm. I should say. Uh, The Rio de Janeiro is the other one uh, with video. You'll notice the guitars aren't – the guitars are more solo-y. There's a lot more fills, like a lot more like – Like a lot more – Feedbacky, gnarly sort of moments that aren't in the recording. Mm -hmm. And it's similar to if you've heard caffeine live before it was recorded. So 91 era caffeine, it's got Mm -hmm. that same sort of wailing guitars sort of thing going on. And, um, oh, and then in the video of this performance, look it up, seriously. Not right now, but look up World is Yours, Rio de Janeiro. 91, in the interlude, when Patton does the, uh, the up section. He's doing this, like, rocky backwards and forwards, but this, like, this crooner kind of, it's almost like the, um, the reunion era, where Patton's putting on this character of, like, I don't know what it's- Liken to I don't know if it's like the Italian crooner or like the guy leaning forward and pointing out to the audience while he sings Mm -hmm. but I just feel like that that performance is the first I've seen Patton do that have you seen it yes yeah 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 Yeah. so it's it's worth seeing because it's sort of like foreshadows a character that I think Patton didn't actually embrace until reunion Mm -hmm. maybe maybe California bungle was when he sort of really takes on this, yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting to see. Cool. Because you don't see it in much of faith no more. Yeah. All right, that's everything I have to say about the show topic. topic. Well, 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 that's it. That's it. We've
2: finished Angel Dust, all the recorded tracks of Angel Dust. We've done them. We've done them all. We've done them all. And this episode's probably going to come out around, well, no, it ain't. It's going to come out just after the 30th anniversary of Angel Dust. So, what a perfect time to have finished our Angel Dust series. Perfect. Perfect. 30, like we planned it. Like a year years. and a bit ago when we started this journey on Angel Dust, we planned it. I've enjoyed talking about Angel Dust for, for a year and a bit.
4: Fanecdotes as narrated by Mr. John. This week, Mr. John. Sometimes we go and see Faith No More or members of the band and other projects, as fans. Other times we run into them in random places. This is one of those stories, it's a anecdote. My name's Mr. John, I call myself that because I like Mr. Bungle a lot. So you can imagine, in the before times of 2019, when my mate Frank the Sickness, Quinn the Butcher of Glasgow and Heckler of Cox, he let me know they were back, I got very excited. So much so, I nearly let one of my victims escape. But being Mr. Bungle, there was a twist. They were playing their Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny demo record with assistance from thrash metal titans Scott Ian, also known as Ian to Mike from Podcast Croissant, and Dave Lombardo, known as God to my mate Mr. Alley. Fine, wherever I rationalised, I like thrash metal. I regularly attend thrash metal shows in my hometown, supporting local thrash metal bands. But I also acknowledge that other forms of metal are available, like zinc, aluminium and aluminium, which some people wrongly do say. However... The twists didn't end there, for this was to be a US tour only and in the shape of three gigs, San Francisco, New York and my old stomping ground of Los Angeles, where I was Godzilla for a year. So not only was I a bit iffy about the nature of the reunion, but the location, location, location too. No matter, I decided, let's go, it's Mr Bungle, there may not be other opportunities. After a lot of internet ticket disappointment, we lucked upon some for the New York date, from someone who changed their mind and resold them for the same value, the weirdos. Four tickets, it turns out, sold in two sets of two. Are Mr. Bungle building a fucking ark, I wondered. Whatever, we're going. We'll find some for online friends who missed out on the sales to join us. Then the band added more dates in all the venues, because they were astonished at how quick the first batch sold out, and everyone I knew that might go bought their own tickets so fuck my life anyway my partner and i rationalized we'd get a holiday see mr bungle watch a hockey game a hip-hop tour of the bronx and harlem with grandmaster kaz we'd check out some restaurants and a broadway show we were going to do the big apple hard upon our arrival on a cold february afternoon in a lumpy jet plane we were treated to the custom of american customs ...interrogating every passenger on why they wanted to come to the best and richest country in the world... ...with the most popular pop culture, cinematic and architectural history... ...armed with a to-do list you could print on a million hoarded toilet rolls in microdots... ...and a return ticket home to a country with lower gun crime stats. Several hours of interrogation later, we legally entered the five boroughs... ...and made our way to a skyscraper-shaped hotel, where we'd spend the week trying to sleep. I was struck by the density of the population... But then I ask general knowledge questions of complete strangers everywhere I go. The vertigo-inducing landscape spun my head, making me an obvious tourist-coloured target for extroversial passers-by and human predators, seeking to simply exist in the urban jungle. Everywhere I looked, there were visual clues from moments of culture, the building from Ghostbusters, Times Square... Trump Towers, yellow taxis, steam coming out of the ground, and street people that were half homeless, half wily fox, intent on scaring you into giving them your dollars at the failed end of the capitalist experiment. By this time, we'd found some online friends who'd take our spare bungle tickets. As strangers in this strange land, we had no way of selling them on, so we got together with a group of other fans before the show to go mob deep, as is the custom. Anyone that goes to gig solitary is either a communist or a serial killer, and should not be trusted with anything small and cute. Upon meeting the online friends, it became apparent that they were underwhelmed with the tickets, as they already had some for the second show, but they'd attend the first show with us as well, as though we'd just done a poo on their schedule. Would you like a beer, we said, when it became obvious they weren't buying us one. No, they said. Did you get here okay, we asked, fishing for some kind of human response. Yeah, came the reply. Tumbleweed blew through our bar opposite McDonald's a few blocks from Brooklyn Steel where we would eventually view Mr. Bungle at close range more online and real life friends arrived and the atmosphere picked up selfies were taken, beers were drunk then we headed to the venue mob deep some queuing ensued then entrance was granted by some very kind and welcoming authorities and the first part of our mission activated get merch for me and my friends back home friends back home who were oblivious to the concept of merch being available online they'd be delivered straight to your fucking house you'd rather have Mr. John Donkey over the Atlantic instead bastards more queuing being a gregarious and approachable sort i engaged my fellow queuers in small talk to pass the time they were mostly american and from a smattering of states i have no desire to meet the customs officials of and i were impressed with the range at which i traveled for this gig as i neared the bungle merch stand the support band merch came into my view it was full of hell I was wearing the t-shirt of my drummer Dave's power violence band Endless Swarm. The Full of Hell merch guy recognized it and engaged in a chat about touring with Endless Swarm. I'm on the other side of the world and my local metal scene knowledge is making me new friends. I buy their t-shirt and shake his hand as at this point I realize I'm holding up the entire Bungle merch queue, an angry 100 meter snake of humans missing the support band so they can buy t-shirts and nice Mr. Bungle hats. Oops. I move quicker to make my order, my debit card at hand. The merch person fetches each item I desire with electric efficiency, and I produce a small plastic bag from one of my many pockets to cargo the gear, drawing a nod of respect from the merch vendors. You are organized, they seem to express through the medium of eyebrows. I guard the plastic bag all night. This isn't going to be a moshing gig for me. Finally I enter the arena. It's bigger on the inside, so I scan the crowd for evidence of Doctor Who. He or she or they are not there, but Doctor Who could be anybody and that's great. Spotlights are finishing their set. They're post-rock and they're also great. My partner digs it. Full of hell, my new friends take the stage next. I'm into that. My partner says they're the worst band he's ever witnessed, so I remind him of the art student poser band we saw supporting Killing Joke, who were so bad I told him on Facebook the next day they should sell their instruments if they ever want to make any money. My partner says okay, second worst. How's he gonna to react to Thrash Metal Bungle, I wonder? I've spent the duration of our relationship easing him into Scar Sex Clown Bungle album, Avant Garde Euro Experimental Folk Bungle album, and Beach Boy's Pop Reaver bungle album. This version may undo all my hard work. But there's no such worries. Bungle are amazing, the metal side is tight and fun, the odd covers are hilarious as usual and elevate the show. The cameo by Harley from Cro-Mags is graciously received and there's a sense of celebration among the crowd and band alike. Bungle are back together, not as we expected, not as we wanted, but still amazing, still surprising us, still annoying us, then hugging us back into liking them again. They again are again my favourite band. There's resources online for you to peek at the experience if you choose to. Go look it up. We decide to exit before the encore to get an earlier train in the subway and avoid the crush. The last song is an exploited cover which I've heard before because they live nearby and are regulars on our scene. A few weeks later, when bumping into one of the exploited themselves, I tell him I saw Bungle in New York covering their song and he says the Bungle version is shite. So our early departure is justified on several metaphysical and quantum levels. Onto the subway, walking through Brooklyn at night, clinging onto my bag of merch and braving the New York rain, ears are ringing, ears are ringing, and that's where we met Mr. Fuck, Mr. Fuck rides the Brooklyn line from Graham Avenue. Mr. Fuck talks to himself and the only thing he has to say is the expletive fuck. Fuck to the wall. Fuck to the train lines. Fuck the rats on the lines. Fuck the people around him. Fuck the people in his head. Fuck the train when it arrives. Late. Fuck, 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 fuck. Of all the characters we chanced upon in New York, Mr. Fuck was the most memorable and the only one we adorned with a nickname but avoided proximity at all costs. Mr. Fuck stomped up and down the train platform like a mini Tourette Godzilla, spinning and swearing. He wasn't the only mentally ill resident we saw that week, but he was the most memorable. Sort it out, America. All in all, a superb trip to an amazing human landscape. Saw my favourite band... Met amazing people, new friends, old friends, online friends, real-time friends, Mr. Fuck friends. New York resident Woody Allen once said 80% of success is showing up. And despite it being the furthest I've ever traveled for a gig, it was absolutely worth it. And now that I've stamped your passport with a trip to Fanecdote World, I hand you back to Podcast Croissant with your hosts, Mr. Fuck and Mr. Fuck. Right, soundtrack of the week. I don't know if you've noticed,
0: but when I mix these episodes, I pan our voices just a little bit left and right. Just nope, a little noticed. So it doesn't bug people's Ooh. ears that it's like Hello, super I'm left in your and left right. Here. But Hello, I just do it a little bit right so that here. in those moments like Hello. that when we talk over each other, it just you
2: can sting I usually I usually cut a lot of when we talk over each other because you're really rude. And I'll be discussing <laughs> something and you'll just butt in. We're like you'll you know. At least when I butt in, I go, hey, which causes everybody to stop in the, in the tracks
4: and let me talk. True. Now it's time for gym Soundtrack of the Week. It's time for gym Soundtrack of the Week. It's time for Jim Soundtrack of the Week. For the week, for the week, week, week. It's time for gym Soundtrack of the Week. Yes, it's right. It's time for the time of the week. Yeah.
0: Soundtrack of the Week. Okay,
2: so it's, um I'm going this time on topic. I'm going with the, Battlestar Galactica theme re-recorded by Giorgio... Is it Marauder? Marauder? Yes. I don't know. Anyway, same guy that did the um, Scarface theme tune. He did a version of the Battlestar Galactica theme song, which was originally written by Stu Phillips, like an orchestral version. He did a funky disco version of it in 1978. And the Battlestar Galactica theme tune is awesome. It's one named themes that you can stick on when you're driving your car and just you know stick your chest out and wound your window down and put your arm out and pretend that you're flying through space or something fetish
1: <laughs> I can't I can't
2: what do you mean can't
0: this this segment gets more and more tasteless as it goes on
2: come on Ornithaf- fetish me up, baby
0: what Ornithophilia. It's
2: something to do with birds.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Sexual attraction I was to just thinking feather, feathered s-
0: beasts. Seagull song.
2: Yeah. Is that what it is? Attraction to to birds?
0: Well, bestiality or zoophilia or zoophilia is animals, yeah. Ornithophilia. You've got cynophilia for dogs and Have you? A for cats. Mm-hmm. Equ- equinophilia. Equinophilia. Do you know that Porses? one? Horses. Yep. There you go. Um, porcinophilia, por- porcinophilia. Dolphins. <laughs> Close. Pigs. Pigs. But, oh, yeah. Cutting to that one. Yeah. Delphinophilia. Dolphins. Yeah.
2: Is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Hepetophilia.
0: Herpet- herpetophilia herpetophilia. Jesus, Uh. it's fucking segment. Lizards.
2: Lizards, oh. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. And
0: we'll finish on for misophilia. For misophilia. Insects.
2: Insects. Mm -hmm. Jesus. How can anybody be sexually attracted to an insect? A cat, I can almost see that, or a horse, but an insect.
0: Just look, if you want to skip forward 30 seconds, do it now. <laughs> you ever seen those little tiny grasshoppers and people eat them and fry them up? The little grasshoppers? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're not going to tell me you've got a better thing for me. I, I, there was a particular orifice. I saw a video of grasshoppers crawling out of someone once. Someone's, I think it was hole. related. No, it was a, a female. Oh, for, for out Miss of a train. Oh. Yep. All right, oh, Let me ask forward. Mrs. Brown what she thinks to that. No, but it's it's 30 <laughs> seconds now. Right. Okay. We're back. People We're skip back. forward right. if they wanted to. New music.
2: There's the jingle. You've just heard it. Right. I've got no new music, but I've got quite a lot of um, TV show stroke films that I want to mention.
0: Have you got you, any new music? Have you started watching the new Stranger Things?
2: No, but I I've never seen it before. And then I no, had a, no, no. A, I had an evening where I had nothing particularly I want to watch on TV so I watched the first two episodes. So it might be something that I carry on with. Have you watched the first season? No, that's what I'm saying. I watched the first you two, watched the episodes, first two of episodes of, the, of that of, of the first season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so but I'm not I, that's not included in my new thing because I, I didn't could particularly blow me away. It's not something I've become addicted to yet. Oh,
0: I loved the first season. Seasons two and three, like I watched them. Uh, season four just came out sick. Awesome. Possibly- Don't spoil anything. No spoilers. No. Possibly better than the first or at least on par with the first or at least the next best. All right.
2: Two like and I said, i only watched two episodes.
0: Two and three, they just didn't quite cut it, but it's killing it. It's awesome. Yep.
2: Well, I'll mention my first TV show. My first TV show, which I've mentioned already in this episode, is Pistol, directed by Danny Boyle of Train Spotting fame, and it's awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a massive Sex Pistols fan anyway, and I'm a massive Danny Boyle fan, so quite a good collaboration there. Um, but yeah, it's brilliant. It's really Train Spotting. Cool. Um, yeah, Danny Boyle, the Trainspotting. yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah. Uh, oh, and it's it's proper great. The the, the actors in it, a are, are braille, the, the it's a lot of it's fabricated. It's you know all the events that happen in it are actual events that happened in 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 um, for real. But mm. it's taken from the guitarist that Sex Pistols, Steve Jones, book, and it's that's what it's based on. But it's just brilliant, man. It's absolutely brilliant. It just follows them from you know before. They even formed to, all the way to Sid Vicious. Yeah, but who's Sid Vicious? Who dying? wrote the book? Steve Jones, the guitar player. Oh, Sid Vicious. Okay. Sid Vicious was the bass player that replaced Glenn Matlock. Wow. Oh, uh, I know nothing played, about him. He them. couldn't play bass. He just was a good look. Um, but Yeah, I'm a massive Sex Pistols fan, so it was a proper pleasure to watch. Um, really well acted, really well directed, Absolutely grippy. And I sat and watched all six episodes in a row last night whilst drinking champagne on my own. So by the end of Sick. it, I was just pissed and, and then put on loads of old performances of the Sex Pistol, got in a real Sex Pistols mood. But even better than that is the Obi-Wan Kenobi series on <laughs> Disney Plus, which is fucking amazing. Like, oh God, it reminded me of being like, Eight years old again and watching Return of the Jedi. Oh, God, Darth Vader's in it and everything. And Oh, oh
1: God.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, It's the best Star Wars series that they've done so far on Disney. I mean, The Mandalorian was great. Boba Fett was okay. And then this is just boosh, mind-blowing. And Michael Balsari's in it. Michael Balsari, I've heard that name
0: before. Hey... Yeah. That's 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 my, hey, uh, d- can I tell you something? Gosh, you can. This is a safe space. I've never watched Star Wars, any oh, Star you Wars.
2: you fucking idiot. Right,
0: I'm going. So if I wanted to watch some Star Wars, like, do you actually- When you come back- I wanted to know like where I start because I've been never told to start.
2: Star Wars. What is wrong with you?
0: I've been told to start with the original trilogy. If I start with the original trilogy, but I need to you watch are the destiny, original, Mike, because well,
2: laptop hairs because you will never. This is the end of podcast. song I can't work with a man that's never watched Star Wars.
0: I did see episode one at the cinema when I was a kid, like when it came out. Fucking
2: hell! I went to see Return of Jedi. The cinema when that came
0: out well i wasn't quite a kid to be honest.
2: right we need to move on because i can't I, no i can't even go there this where do is, i start this, like this is they- the worst thing what? no i don't i'm not even going to tell you
0: like would you would you say like watch the original trilogy then watch the three like watch them sort of as they came out
2: yes rather than I... in order watch them as they came out yeah,
0: yeah and do you do you believe that jar jar binks <sighs> was actually a jedi
2: no not even in the slightest.
0: You haven't read the theories that he might be? Do you think he, like, have you read the theories that no, he might be I a don't, Jedi? No,
2: I don't want, I don't want that theory sounds completely terrible. And you can't even comment on it because you don't even know who Jar Jar Binks is.
0: Yeah, he's that annoying you guy. You don't even know what a Jedi one. is. You
2: don't know what, you don't know what it means to be a Jedi. So you can't even comment on that.
0: No, I saw episode one.
2: Mike, this is not what we want to be talking about right now.
0: Mike, this is not what we want to be talking about right now
2: let's move on with the podcast
0: let's move on with the podcast old jedi mind trick there
2: right have you got anything new to talk about any new music new television programs anything like that
0: daniel johns released an album called future never and i love it okay yeah
2: it's great john daniels
0: daniel johns originally silver chair silver chair exciting frog stomp freak show no, it sounded just like neon, neon Austria, ballroom. I moment. know, I know, I know. By the time they got to neon ballroom and uh, diorama, they were pretty great. There's some awesome live shows from that era. I, I love Daniel Johns. I think he's actually great. John, John Unfortunately, Daniel. dude just can't keep it together. Now it would seem. Oracle. And yeah, like he's, you know, struggling a little bit at the moment as well, which is. Yeah, sad. Jesus, um. <laughs> our old Johnny Daniels. <laughs> Fuck, hello. <how> do- <laughs> I'm so sorry.
2: <laughs> well, you've 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 made a right pig's ear of this fucking <laughs> episode, <laughs> don't you? Ugh. This is why you don't win awards. Yep, is that it? Right, That's new music, it. stroke, new TV programs, done. Tick, done. Right, F and M news. Oh no. I don't even I don't even like this anymore. I, I don't like it.
0: Do you know where I get it from? I don't, I don't do you know like what, it? Do you, do you want to know? Tonight's the night I reveal this. I did once do a voice on one of our episodes where uh, it's Ren and Stimpy. It's Red and Stimpy. Yeah, it's Red and yeah. Stimpy. Hundred percent Red and Stimpy.
2: Right. Well, I, I tell you what. From in future, can we cut out the
0: rap and you just go FM news or whatever it is you do? Well, it, it, it comes from, they they cut to an ad and it's not a, what's the matter, Susie? What's the matter, Jill? We're sick of it. I think it's log. It's a log. But right at the start of the ad, there's this voice over there that goes, new exciting product. And it's that.
2: New exciting product. No, I'm just Fit the news. Do you know what? It's that voice. I think this will go down as the episode where we've waffled and tangented <laughs> The most out of every episode. I don't know why. I, maybe it's because it's my daytime and your evening. You've I had think, a few tinnies.
0: I think I'm you know, grieving maybe, over the end maybe, of yeah. the Angel Dust.
2: Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, so there is no FNM news, but when this episode is released, I would have thought that we will have passed June the 8th, which is the 30th anniversary of Angel Dust. And <clears throat> me... And Michael have put together a uh, documentary, a small 25-minute documentary on Angel Dust, um, written and directed by myself and uh, put together by me. And Mike's done the narration on it. And I think it's bloody good. And the band like it. So we'll see in a week's time uh, whether the band share it. I'm I'm, on good authority that they're going to. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That your old chums here at me and thee. Jim and Mike at Podcast Croissant have uh, put together a documentary. Don't you think that's pretty cool?
0: I think it's pretty cool that you just said that we've put it together when I would say that you did, I'm going to say 99.8% of the work. (laughs) Well, it's got your sexual Australian tones on it. Voiceovers are hard, man.
2: You did a good job. Yeah, you did a really good job. I wanted it to sound like you were just saying, look, this is fucking Angelus, man, and it's brilliant. And you did, you sounded absolutely spot on. So well done. Well, I'm gonna give you a little round of applause.
0: Aww. Aww.
2: Well done. Thank you.
0: Man, the footage you pulled together, this episode will come out pretty close to that video. Like go watch it. It's good.
2: Yeah, I enjoyed doing it. I see you see you see on YouTube and on television, you see these little documentaries about albums. I mean I saw one recently about Nirvana, nevermind. And I kind of got my inspiration from that. Um, and it, in that particular documentary, it does have up-to-date footage of, of people close to the, to Nirvana. I think there's, um, Butch Fig on there and I think, I think Dave Grohl's on it and, and other people talking about their experience of, of creating the album. Of course, I couldn't get that footage. So I, it's, it's basically just vintage archive footage that's on there. And I tried to make it more modern by putting the graphics that I designed on there. Um, but, yeah, I think we—I think it worked pretty well. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the feedback oh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the feedback is. I've already got feedback from the band, and they love it. Uh, I just wanted to do something really special to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Angel Lust. The 30th anniversary of The Real Thing, I did something pretty special. I, I did a, a, a fan interview with all the members of the band, apart from Patton. Uh, which both of them are shared and published. And I wanted to do even something even more special for Angel of Us, it being my favorite album? And yeah. So, well, I mean, we've spoken about oh, for what, <clears> what <throat> now, what is it? 15 episodes or something times three hours times two and a half hours. So two we've spoken years. for a good, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Good 40 hours or something on the album. So you can see how how passionate we are about it. So hopefully if you're listening to this, you will have seen the little documentary um, done by yours truly, and that was in our bed. <laughs> next, the d- next episode, you can email us loads of thank yous, and our ace we are.
0: <laughs> you yeah, we can bask in my mightiness. You did an incredible job. I think I know the the uh, video croissant was a good little insight to that era because we got a little bit of footage. But the amount of things you pulled together and all the information and yes, yes. just like pulling it all into a little thirty, it's a little. Thirty minutes or is it? Twenty-five minutes or something? Twenty-five minutes. Yeah, yep.
2: Yep. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm looking it's forward incredible. to the,
0: the awards yep. that I'm going to yeah. receive. Oh, and well deserving. Yep,
2: yep, yep. I know, I know.
0: And you got feedback from the band as well?
2: Yep, yeah. I got feedback from the band. I got a very long, lovely email from Mike Body.
0: Uh, actually, I think I think there's a bit of a who the documentary making daddy. That's me. Who the
1: documentary making daddy? That's me. There's, a, That's there's me. a bit
0: of a feedback from Mike Patton uh, here.
2: Right, I've had enough here for for another two months. (laughs) Whenever we decide to get back together. What are we doing next episode? Do we know? Are we even, we're even disgusted, have we?
0: I don't know. I've missed you. This has been good.
2: What are we doing next episode? Are Ah. we deciding now, or are we just not going to decide now and surprise everybody?
0: I mean, Mr. John can do a post, but... What were we thinking? Were we going to do a live? Oh, do you want to do the live at hanging live at hanging at MTV thing? Yeah, but we told everybody that this is the last Angel Dust episode. <laughs> it is.
2: We've got one more Angel Dust episode, folks. But that's not yeah. Angel Dust. It's just right. Well, so we, we'll a have a listen through the Angel live Dust at, hanging on MTV live performance of midlife crisis, a small victory, and Kathy. We're going to do a, a listen through of that. A
0: comment on it. Little chat through. Shall we try and get Mister John?
2: <laughs> That'll be fun. Wait, why don't you join us? Why don't we do a freeway? It's not gay if it's in a freeway. You've got to write a jingle for what's his chops for um, <laughs> Ivan off. I'm not doing that shit. All right. Right. Anyway, you've been listening to podcast grass on. This is. <laughs> this is my- That's not your line. You can't just flame a line for you. You know what? I've been thinking, why do you always get to go first? Why do you always get to go, this is podcast question and introduce it at the beginning? Why can't we mix it up a little?
0: Because it's, um, it's a programming thing that you get people enrolled in some sort of formality. I don't care. <laughs> we've waffled it. God, we've waffled this ep- this episode. <laughs>
2: people are going to struggle with this one. The subject isn't even that exciting. This has been one of my favourites,
1: for sure. that's it?
0: <laughs> uh, you've been listening to Podcast Croissant. This is Mike. And this is Jim. And each word, you'll suck it through a straw. It's so predictable. It's policy. This is going to
2: hurt somebody. It's going to hurt your fucking ears. That's where it's going to hurt. These are going to hurt someone else. Not me. It's not
1: going to hurt me. It's going to hurt someone else. Bye. <laughs>
2: Amps, half of them are fake, they're not even real. See? It, they
3: look good,
2: huh? see these two, see these two, how they're a little lighter than the others.
3: There's nothing in them, no amp at all. Just fear of pure heavy metals in here. That's all that's in there. Whoa! Whoa! It's all you gave All this shit that I know That things are really wrong Everybody trusts you That's what it's all And I know That seems down be the sound Feeling that runs all, all the way to the end charge in <laughs>